right, guys. We're back with another episode, Nitty Gritty. And buckle up. Buckle up is that is right. <laughs> so this was a special episode for us. We've been planning it for a little while. We kind of hinted at it last week with what we were going to do. And so our guest this week, we had our niece, Milena, and her mom, Kim, who came on. And then friends, Yehosh and Tim. And we tackled kind of this sensitive subject of racism yep. and what it's like and what's really happening. And it was a it was something I wanted to have with all that's going on in our nation. I thought felt like this was this was our ability to have and open up the dialogue as opposed to, you know, just just making a post. Like I suck at writing, so I didn't want to write anything because I was afraid right. I wouldn't be able to put into words what I was really feeling. But I feel like this episode, like, stick with us. Like it's long. But, it is long, but, but stick with us. It it moves and it's it, and I, I'm hoping what we achieve is us asking questions and sharing thoughts that I think a lot of white people may be too scared to talk about or ask. And well, and we had three so our niece Melania, a little background is she's black. Yep. She's 16. She lives here in Utah County. And we just had a family reunion and we we kind of asked her cuz we knew this episode was coming up with our friends Yahosh and Tim. Um, you know what she deals with as an African American in Utah County and it was eye opening. And so we decided to include her as kind of the first part. So yeah, it's kind of a two part episode. Right. And hers is a little shorter, but and we also had her mom, our sister in law, Kim, you know, and, and there were some very eye opening stories. And and I think it will help people understand that I mean honestly you're gonna see our evolution, right? Yeah, like, like I evolved during the our episode. Growth, like for I, real. I learned things during the episode that I mean, I needed to learn. Like yeah. I, I feel like I'm pretty open minded. I've lived in a lot of diverse places, but I can do a lot more and I know that now. And I'm going to do it. And I think you guys will share that. It's not just the narrative of like whites are racist it's it's not that it's a it's a very authentic perspective from both sides so tim and yahosh are both pretty well known around here yeah. both at both college basketball players for you know salt lake community and for the for the u um both are athletic directors athletic now. directors of small high schools yep. in utah um both are obviously black men right and they both live here and they had such, they both grew up in different places and they both have such, they, they were so gracious about. And they are so just making us talented. feel comfortable and yeah. asking them questions that you, you know, we all might be scared to ask on social media because we're all going to get ripped apart and, and not just that helping us understand, not making us feel like idiots about maybe some of our points of views. If we were wrong about something, they were super cool about giving us, not telling us we were wrong, a but sharing a different perspective to kind of help our understanding. And I think a lot of, I would say we have a predominantly white audience and they will be able to relate and you'll learn a lot. And it's, it's a very heartfelt thing. You're going to hear some things that are going to make you feel bad because there are, but we need to hear those things well, and we need to talk about them. And just be open. Just give us grace. Give them grace. Like yep. just be open and allow 
the conversation to happen and don't look for reasons to be offended. Yeah. Like look for the truth, like look for the love, like look for who they are as people, who we are. You know what I mean? I think like, they'll feel that. I, I feel like there was never a part of the conversation that felt like a line was crossed No, or it was really awkward. There was just really good discussion and they're both so just bright. Like they're just such smart, big hearted dudes, but man, they've got some stories Yeah, and it, it, and their message is like, it's not negative. No, everything about them is positive and being positive, you know, spreading positivity, which is incredible considering what they've dealt with. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be positive if I, have lived through half the stuff that they've done. It would with. be really easy to be negative and, and cynical. Like that's the other thing I think we don't give our black brothers and sisters credit for. Like the amount of pre the amount of the weight of what they have to think about on a daily basis from going on a walk in their neighborhood to going to the store by themselves or sending our black niece to the store to grab something. We don't have to think about that stuff. And when you hear it from somebody you know, it really, it's not like listening to it on the news, right? It hits different. It really hits different. And so I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of this one. And I, I hope you listen to the whole thing. And honestly, if there's an episode to be shared, I'm going to ask you selfishly, please share this one. Like, it's not selfish. Like, I think it's it's not selfish at all. Like this is this is one that should be shared, and not we're not asking for the wrong reason. We're 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 saying it because all of us. I would say especially in Utah, because we don't have as many chances to connect and learn because we don't have a very diverse state. But even in other states where there is chances, that's where they're facing all the same stuff, right? Right. Well, yes, and that and but I think it. I think it's a unique perspective here. Correct. Because there is a disconnect. It's not that people are racist here. They're just not educated or they just haven't had the chance to have a real connection with somebody from a different race. Yep. And so hearing these stories and these experiences, I think will really help with that. And they give us some really good advice on how we can do that. Some things I've never even thought about before amazing advice so check it out share it with everyone please it's a conversation that our nation needs to be having we need to be open we need to look for similarities and we need to look for the good and just love everyone right just anyways long long intro for a long Long intro for a long episode (laughs) but break you know break it up a little bit if you have to but it's i I think it's gonna it's special so thanks guys like it Welcome to the Nitty Gritty. See, I told you I'd forget what week we were on already. Is Doesn't matter. 50 what? 57. Whoa, 57. We have a very special guest. Actually, two guests. One said that she's not going to speak, but I guarantee she will because we'll ask her. But we have kind of a, we'll call this a special episode. It'll be a good one today. It's a timely episode. Yep. It's kind of a scary episode just because of everything going on, just be a little nervous but we're going to talk about all the racial stuff going on right now and we have some pretty awesome guests coming in today and we're going to start it off with andrew and i's favorite niece 
I freaking love this girl. What's up, Lena? Hi. Lena <laughs> Peterson. She's very outgoing, very outspoken. She loud, loves, she loves boisterous. hugs. <laughs> so if you see her, give her a big hug. Okay. We love her. <laughs> Lena is our, how old are you? Fifth, 16. 16. Is our 16-year-old niece. Her mom is the older sister to both of our wives. Yep. The old sister. The she is oldest. Grandma Kim's in the house. Oh, you suck. in the house. <laughs> we have all recently returned from a small family reunion in, in Idaho where we experienced Phoenix and Utah in 24 hours. 97 degrees one day. Like 60 40? the next day. Yeah. It hit 45 on my drive it, home. Oh, the drive home. Yeah, it got even That's colder. That's a 50 degree drop. It was Crazy. insane. But, but we knew that... We had some special guests coming in today, and we, Andrew and I both had the idea that we wanted to talk to our niece, who is a beautiful young black girl, black woman. I don't know. What do you want <laughs> us to call you? you don't, I don't want you to be a woman. You're my little niece, okay? But we asked her on the trip, like, you know, because Andrew and I have been talking about what we are going to speak to our next guests about, and I really wanted to know what it was like to be a black teenager in Utah and kind of what goes on with that. And I was not super stoked to hear some of the answers. So we wanted to kind of talk to you about that. So thanks for coming on, Lena. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stop. You we can tell she's listen. super excited. And we can edit it. Like, we can edit this. If you say something you don't want to say, we can take it out. Just just go like this to Brent. I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't do that. He's the smartest one in the room. But... um so yeah, so be comfy. It's just us, just a microphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so Lynn, I'd be curious. What if I mean, jumping kind of into it, as you've seen all of the stuff that's been happening with the protests, with Black Lives Matter, with the deaths, right? What is your like initial gut feeling? You know, like what is the like what's the first thing you feel when you see something like that happen? It's mostly like a scared feeling and then like, I don't know. Yeah. Like mostly just scared. Like, is it going to be me next type feeling? Do you really have that feeling? Yeah. You genuinely feel like, is it, am I next? Yeah. That's crazy. It's so sad that not, that is a very different answer than I thought. I I honestly wouldn't have thought that you would have felt that way. And I think a lot of people do. I mean, you feel like, especially here in Utah, I mean, like I can count probably on one hand the number of black people that were in my high school, right? And so like, I wouldn't have thought that that was that way for you. Yeah. Um, is it something that you think about on a daily basis? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Has there been times where you felt, I don't, I don't know, I don't know the right question to ask. Like, have you ever felt like you don't want to be black? No, not really. The That's trade-offs of being lame and white. Is way <laughs> <laughs> no. She's shaking her head at me. Oh, I mean, what has it been like in your high school? I mean, describe your high school as far as like diversity, just so people can get an idea of what we're talking about here. Um, my high school that I went to last year is a lot more diverse than the ones in Utah County for sure. Okay. So I wasn't like, like sticking out anywhere. Yeah. When you're back at, so high school you went to before is Pleasant Grove, right? No, I went to Juan Diego. But the, before that. In I didn't Utah County. Utah County. You didn't go to PG. Mm-hmm. She was at Oak Canyon at the. Junior high. Middle. Yeah, the junior high. Got it. Got it. 
So describe that one compared to Juan Diego. Um, that I definitely felt unsafe at sometimes, for sure. So, like, what happened that would make you feel unsafe that was happening, like, here locally? Um, just, like, people would always say something or, like, look at me weird, like, every day. Like, there was not a day that something didn't happen. And it's obviously not anything you're doing. You're the most, like, just quiet, calm, like, <laughs> You're not going to find, like, a sweeter person ne- than Lena. Never, ever, ever. It, so it's not like you're going around, like, popping off to people. No. You're quiet, right? Pretty quiet, yeah. Pretty quiet, but very stylish, <laughs> I might add. First so, shoe game I mean, it's not, it's not like, you know, I think we have this... We're going to talk about, we need to talk about stereotypes, right? I think we have this thing like black people are all loud and boisterous. And it's funny when you read stuff in the news, it's like, why would somebody just call her a name? Like, what was she doing? You know, it's funny. Dave Chappelle always talks about like, I'm a victim blamer, you know? And he just kind of says it as a joke just to get people thinking about it. And I'm guilty of that sometimes. I'm always like, what was that person doing? Like, who would just come up and call you? A name. Yeah. And I think we all know the name we're referring to. You've heard that. Yeah. Multiple times. Do you play sports? Uh, I used to. Like, what What was the context? Like, just were they just saying it to say it? Were you playing sports? Was it somebody in the stands? Was it? Yeah. When, back when I used to play basketball, they would just, like, like, to get my attention away from everybody else. Like other kids? Yeah. Like, or parents. Parents. You've heard it from parents. Yeah, for, for sure. For real. Yeah. Oh. Kim, what about you? Have you heard it? Um mostly what I get is um like weird looks. Or people will say something like, Is she your daughter? Like you would take a random teenager to the store. On, I mean, it's just funny to me that people would think I just pick up teenagers to take to the mall. I mean, obviously you're with your kids and right. people will people won't say anything directly to me and I think that's part of white privilege because they don't say like the derogatory things to me it's usually tongue in cheek stuff like oh wow that's your daughter great and I mean most people have been positive I I think a lot of times there's people that just they're curious so they say dumb things in a way to ask a question. So I don't really get a lot of the negative stuff that she gets when she's not with me. I feel like if I'm with her, it's a protection. Well, kids are brutal. Yeah. You know, like you're at the age right now, like I'd say what, 12 to 16 is the ugliest. Like that is when kids are, hormones are raging and they just do, they do and say stupid things. And man, with social media. It does not help. It's even more amplified. Yeah. And so, and it's just different. You know, it's funny, like hearing you, Kim, talk about how to act, right? It's mm-hmm. so, like how people, it's almost like they don't, they're being passive aggressive or they, you can just kind of see what they're thinking written all over their face. Right. But in reality, but there's also the other part of that that's just like, you're in Utah and you just don't really know how to act because they've never been around anybody else. Yeah. Right. It's just this like bubble. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the number one thing that we have to address is like, there isn't a lot of diversity here. So we got to talk about it. Cause this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like I remember 
I think it was Taya, my oldest, like the first time she saw a black person in a store. She was just a baby. And she's like, he looks like an Oreo. And we're just like, and she said it all loud. Like, and he was super cool about it. But it's like, you know, she's one years old. And I'm like, it's crazy because it's, it's a rarity to see someone of color in, in Utah. That sucks. Like, I grew up in Southern California where. Yeah, and I grew up in Washington. And we, right. I mean, white was minority in my high school. And coming to Utah, I was like, there's no diversity. This this is kind of the worst. Everyone's the same. Totally but, right. And that and there's a part of me that wants to be somewhat empathetic to that because people just don't know. They don't know, right? And that's why I think what we're like what we're talking about is super important. But also, I think parents need to know that their kids are doing some crap that they need to pay attention to. Yeah, and the the adults do it too. I mean, there's totally plenty right. of like when we're shopping or at Walmart or whatever, I walk really fast normally, but, and Lena doesn't like to walk as fast as I do because it's kind of a sprint. And so I'll like hang back and make sure I'm close to her because I feel like me being with her protects her, which that's a sucky thing to feel like. It's just crazy that you have to protect your 16 year old. You have to think about that at Walmart, right? Yeah. Right. And the mall, I mean, anywhere we go, I make sure I'm close to her because I'm just cognizant of people are dumb and people might think that she's going to steal something. And that's ridiculous because that has never crossed her mind to steal something. You do look like a criminal. (laughs) Smiling all the time like you do. Right. She's just that's sarcastic for everybody on the other side of this mic. I'm not kidding. We'll post a picture with Lena. We're going to like we just we love her to pieces. And it you you be around Lena for more than 20 seconds and she's your favorite oh my oh, gosh sure. she's your favorite like all my kids love her. like you're and and that's why it's just to hear you say like am i next? heartbreaking heartbreaking and so <clears throat> when was the first like when was the first time you remember like feeling that like like when was the first time that you kind of recognized race i guess um i was like five i think and do you remember what happened like like what made you recognize that yeah i was in kindergarten and we were playing with like toys because like kindergarten and kids like wouldn't want to let me touch them because i thought i was like dirty and stuff and that had to be kind of a surprise because i mean it's not like you remember like at that age you remember your birth mom right like you just grew up in a white house full of white people well besides your sister myra yeah right and so that's all you were used to being around so to you it didn't seem any different so i mean for you to remember that in kindergarten that's a trip like that's that is so sad i mean what what past that maybe something a little older Um, like do you ever get uh, i guess any story outside of just the random like name calling that idiots do like do you ever get do you ever get kind of those looks like if you're ever at the mall and stuff yeah like, like, how does that happen? Um, I don't know. Just like me with my friends hanging out. Like, my friends are all white. Um, yeah, but if I'm with anyone else, for sure, I get, like, looks every like every single time I go anywhere. It doesn't matter where. It doesn't matter other people of color, like, with me. Like. Well, she's got one pretty good black friend, and when they're together, people. Oh, yeah, that's scary. I usually don't go out with just my friends. They were, like, brown, yeah. I Wait, usually you don't. actually think like that? Yeah. Like you actually think like you have unless to, some of our like 
white friends are with us. Let's yeah. just stay, stay in. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, that pisses me off to hear. And, and I think that's why this is so important. I have never thought that. Like, I would never think that. Well, we've never talked to you about this before either, right? Because right? you right. just ignorantly assume everything's going good. I will kill anybody you want me to. <laughs> I will beat their faces in. You just, yeah. you have my number. But no, I mean, that's that's crazy. And, and it's, it's so important for us to talk about. Because I think in Utah, we think that maybe this problem doesn't really apply. Because there, there isn't a lot of diversity. But I also know that there's probably a lot of parents... Well, there are definitely parents that suck at parenting, right? But there's, I, I guarantee there's also a lot of parents that just, they would never think that their kid was capable of that. So we have to talk about it, right? Like, what, what would you say to a, to a kid or, a, you know, or to their parent? Like, thinking of maybe one of those kids that said something stupid to you. You know, what, what would you tell them? I would just be like, what makes me any different from you? Like, just, like, why, pretty much. And have you talked to your kid about it? Yeah. Right? Like, so, Have you ever had that conversation with someone before? With um, either someone's parents or maybe someone at school? Like, have you ever actually... Has there ever been like that kind of confrontation? Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah? Yeah. Has anybody ever apologized to you? Oh, yeah. How'd that conversation go? Um, basically, I just like asked them like why they were saying stuff like that. Because usually it's like a rumor or something. And I just like talked to them face to face about it. And they're like, yeah, I did say that. And then they were like, I explained to them why that like isn't like acceptable for like no matter who you are. And they were right. like, oh, like I'm so sorry. Like I didn't know that was an actual thing that happened. Well, that's good. Yeah. Right. And that, I mean, that's big of you to talk to them and, and help educate them a little bit. And that, but I think, I think that's what we're lacking. Right. Can, Just, like when did you guys start to have conversations with maybe Lane and Myra about Myra race. is your sister, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, Just sorry. for clarification. Myra is older than Lena, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'd say we started talking about race when you guys were really little, right? Like differences, like my skin's this color, your skin's that color, everybody's good. And I mean, do you feel like that's true that mm-hmm. we talked about? You don't it? have to agree with her. No, yeah. I we'll do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, sometimes as a teenager, you're like your parents. <laughs> Whatever, mom. Right. But I feel like we started talking about it really early because especially their older brothers would. I remember when Jens was little, he's he would he would see his sisters that were dark, and he would ask me when we'd see other white babies, "When is that baby going to turn brown?" Because he just thought that was a thing that happened that eventually a baby turned brown because his little sisters were brown. That's kind of adorable. It, it was very cute. Like, I love how kids just have no filter. Yeah, because he, he would say, that baby's gray. And that was his version of white. <laughs> He'd say, that baby's gray. When's that baby going to turn brown? Like It's a Woodward, so it's not. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to stay pasty right. their whole lives. No, so we yeah. had, I mean, we had to talk about race because it was in our family so i mean we talked about it all the time but are you are you surprised to hear her say that she's scared no because i'm scared for her so that doesn't surprise me i mean we talk a lot about always be respectful always like don't be the loud one in a group i mean it's it's just part of our reality that no one else really thinks about when your kid walks down to walmart you're not thinking Oh, I hope they don't run into. Th- See, and a that racist is something I have tail. never 
thought about. Right. But when she goes, I'm like, be safe, watch for cars, like the normal things you would say. And also be kind, make good choices. I mean, I feel like we add on a few extra cautions to the girls to just make sure they're safer because it's scary. The world is scary and there's a lot of Hmm. racist people. Lane, if you could have something be different, like if, if something good can come from, because I feel like with all this that's happened the last couple of weeks, there's kind of been a spotlight put on all of these issues, right? If there is one thing that you, like a positive that you would want to come from this, what would that be? Um, probably just to be treated like everybody else. Like it finally to actually happen. So here's, a, I, I'm, it's a question I have. Like you hear a lot of people say, oh, I'm colorblind. I don't see color. I see everyone the same. Like, is that, I mean, as you say, you want to be treated, is is that how you want people to feel? Or do you want people to like see and recognize your skin color is different, but then treat you the same? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't don't know how to ask that the right way, but I hear a lot of people I think I know what you mean. Yeah. You just want to be treated like everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. Like. And, and that's the other thing is I think people are really scared. You know, like I've worked, I've lived in and also spent a lot of time working in just predominantly black areas. Like I've been around athletics a lot too, which also gives me the chance to be around, you know, a lot of black people. And they, they just like, it's okay to talk about them being black, right? Like it's okay. Like it, they just want to talk like anybody else would talk, right? It, it's, we just... The whole colorblind thing, obviously, that's to me, that's a social media line, right? Like, I'm colorblind for sure. No, but like, it's a I'm not colorblind, you're black, (laughs) and it's great. Who cares? Like, but you hear it all the time, and and that's that's just it. And I think that, like, when we talk about racism, sometimes I always come back with, is it really to me when I think of racism, I think of like the South right? Like the color of their skin makes them this. I don't know that. I don't know that it's that anymore. I don't know that people are truly racist by that definition. I, I think that they are just, I think it's a, it's, it's about a different culture. Yeah. I think people are uncomfortable. Like they see something, they form a stereotype or a belief in their head. I don't think it's about skin color as much anymore as maybe it was in the past. And maybe this is an ignorant opinion. I think it's about seeing a certain type of, we'll call it pop culture, right? You know, I think black people have been portrayed so, I mean, you talk about the whole gangbanger, hip hop, you know, that culture, everybody just thinks like he's wearing his hat crooked or whatever. Like that's a, like that's a bad dude. He's a gangbanger. Right. And so we assume it's funny. Cause I always tell people, I'm like, look, like, I don't care what, if, if you're a jerk, I don't like you. Like if you're some white trash right. meth head idiot, like I don't care what color you are. Like, well, you're, even you're if garbage. you're in a like, three piece Armani suit and a jerk, you're still a jerk. You're still a jerk. Right. And so I think, I wonder how much of it is that. And maybe, I guess maybe that's just a different form of racism, right? Just stereotyping somebody based on what you know about black people, which I think in Utah isn't a lot. 
you know, they don't spend a lot of time. Like you go work in the South, you go work. Like I worked in South side Chicago, nicest, most hospitable, sweetest, fun people. Like I, I love being around. I hate, I'm scared to say I love being around black people. (laughs) Isn't that crazy that I'm scared to say that? Like I, I have so much fun with my black friends. They're just, there's just, there's a warmth and a kind of a zest for life that is just different. I think white people are kind of boring and have a stick up their rear. And, and it's scary their that rear. it's scary. Well, she's my 16 year old niece. Okay. He's being a good example. You want me to say, yeah, thank you, Kim. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> we just beep it. So I sound cool. Brent, but it's, I think people need to get more comfortable in having these conversations. Cause it's like, like you said, Lena, like if somebody came up and said, you're sorry or sorry to you, like you were nice to them. You, you told them what hurt about that, but I'm sure you appreciated the apology. Yeah. And you know what? That could be like, that's somebody that you touch. That's going to go out there and one, not only never do that again Two, probably teach their kids, you know, about it. Like you don't realize that having that conversation with somebody probably had a very long, you know, lasting ripple effect that's going to go for who knows how long. So, it, man, I don't know. There's so many things that I want to talk about. Like I never thought about Kim. You saying that you're worried about. Well, not just you, Lena. You said it first. Like I don't go hang out with any other of my like brown or black friends unless we've got other white kids with us or like mm-hmm. a parent. That's crazy. That right there, and I, we talked about this before. That is white privilege. We 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 don't have, I hate white privilege. I, I know hate you that hate word. that word, but it's the truth of what it is, though. I mean, well, I don't. You know can that say <clears throat> you can say something else to define it, but that's right. what it is. The, we don't have to think about it. No, you're right. You're totally right. That's why I always say like disadvantage. I feel like white privilege was created by other white people just to make us like I I was born white, like I. I'm sorry, I couldn't do anything about that. But I do realize that other races have a disadvantage compared to us. And we gotta wake up and, and see it and help. And that's how I feel not like, make each other feel guilty for being white. That's how I feel like when people say I'm colorblind or when they say all lives matter, it's kind of a sweep under the rug. That's of, true. I agree with that. It's and you know, I saw a thing the other day that said, um, if black lives don't matter, then all lives don't matter. And I mean, that's really true. If people just say all lives matter and it just makes you so angry because it's like, you know what? If, If their lives don't matter, how do ours? I mean, we're all the same. So, and and that's the same thing with the colorblind thing. I mean, would you want somebody to look at some part of you and just disregard it? I mean, no. I mean, all of us have inherent qualities that we're just born with and they should be appreciated. Absolutely. So, right. I and mean, it should be safe to talk about them in a positive way, right? Right. Like, I'm sure you do you get offended if somebody calls you a black person? No. No, right? <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. But do you though? Like like if someone's ever called you black before, have you been like, "Yeah, don't." No. Not really. I'm white. It's funny that it's gotten to the point now with social media, and I think this is what we'll talk about today, where I think sometimes white people don't know how to act around black people. They overthink it. They don't, like, 
you're my niece. I I mean, as far as like the whole colorblind things go, yeah, you're black, but I. I you've known her so number, long, Raina. like it, she's she's your people. She's my people because you've known her so long, and that's kind of how. Like, if you want to know how to talk to a black person, how would you talk to anybody that you know? How'd you talk like, to your best friend? How you talk I, to your sister you or just, your brother? And it's, but it is sad. Like that is to me, that is the negative residual effect of social media. Like everyone is so scared to be that. Like everyone has to be PC, right, or politically correct. Like they don't know. Like, am I allowed to call that person a black person? And what's your answer to that, Lena? Yes. Right. <laughs> it's all good, right? Yeah. And and I think that that is. I think that would maybe be the one small bit of understanding I would ask for from maybe the black community in Utah towards white people, since it is, obviously we have a lot of learning to do in Utah, but maybe not just always assume it's racism. Maybe sometimes assume that they just, they just don't know. Right. Yeah. And I think I get the benefit of the doubt from people like They'll make Give the benefit of the doubt or you get it what from them because, you know, when when she's with me, people will ask questions and sometimes it's awkward, but it's like in a kind of a friendly way because they want they feel safe asking a white woman questions about black people, which is nuts because what do uh, I know? But <laughs> I mean, I, you know, more than a lot of white women do. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, but still, it's not my personal experience. I feel like they'd get a lot better answer if they would ask. So you're saying you Malena. wish that they would ask Lena? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I wish it could be done in a respectful way, and I think it would. Yeah, if people would just take the time to ask me the questions, there'd be a lot more problems that have been solved already. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, just if you ask them without being, like, racist or negative towards them, right? like anyone. What do you think, like, one, like, if there's one question that you feel like someone could ask that could help open up conversation or break stereotype, like what, like what would be the one question you wish people asked you? Um, I don't even know. Um, that's kind of, yeah, that it's a hard, it's that's a hard, a hard question, one for sure. But like, like, is there a specific thing that comes up often with you when it comes to not feeling safe or feeling judged? that you feel like with one simple question or maybe a simple conversation, it could be, it would help. What if we went the other way? What if you could, what if you could tell every white person in Utah, one thing about how to be better with different cultures, different colors, like Um, what, maybe what advice would you give? I would just basically tell everyone just not to be afraid to ask questions as long as you're doing it in a respectful way that's like not making them uncomfortable. Like, you know, because I feel like a lot of problems come from people being uncomfortable and then they just like escalate situations on both sides. Uncomfortable and uneducated. Yeah. Inexperienced. Yeah. And, and, and man, you can help so many people with that, you know, and that's, but it is hard because you have to be able to, you gotta have a thick skin. Right. And I think all kids your age have to have a thick skin, but not the way that you have to have a thick skin. And that is what has to change. Right. Like you should be able to go like you're you're going to drive soon. Right. Mm. I mean, no kid should no kid should be allowed to drive till they're 18. In my opinion. <laughs> but, you know, like I would hate to have to worry about my own kid running like. I can't wait for Taya, my oldest, to turn 16 so I can send her to the grocery store to get things that we need really quick 
and be my gopher. But I can't even imagine, and this is why I said earlier, I've never thought thought about this before. Like, to not be able to just not worry about sending your kid to the store because of something that might happen, or to have to give them a reminder or a pep talk about how to act. Because you know, someone else's prejudice might do something. Right, like, we're in Utah supposedly very Christian religious colorblind obviously (laughs) that's not true but you would think that here would be safer for you than than other places right Mm -hmm. but I don't know that it is it's not we just heard she worries every single day and she just said it it's not and how much of that do you think is from personal experience or what you see everywhere else in the country on social media and the news and um, I'd say like 90% it's just personal experiences that I've wow. had that's and and I can't even imagine what it must be like I mean like I said you are a sweet quiet laid-back person right like I, for you to hear that stuff is really eye-opening because there's nothing about you that like, I don't mean this, but like, you're just, you're not intimidating to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're just a sweetheart and it's, you're a happy, easy to talk to kid. Like you're, and you're, and you're quiet and you're mellow. Like there's nothing aggressive about you, yeah. right? Like some people walk around with their shoulders up, just kind of like, you can just, they have a swagger to their walk. Like I'm looking for a fight or I'm looking to be obnoxious or I'm, you're none of those things. And so it to so so that's eye opening to me because that is what you're talking about is racism. Yeah. Plain and simple. Like that's what it is. I mean, I probably look intimidating to kids my age because I am definitely taller than and bigger than a lot of them. So like I get that part kind of, but adults right. I have no idea why that's huh. why it's a thing with adults. Yeah, no. And her sister who's also Teeny. black. <laughs> But part Mexican too. She's had. I feel like she's had a lot of racism directed at her. She looks more Mexican for sure, but she's smaller. So I feel like people say things to her because there, there's not like Lena's tall, and I feel like tall with- protects her a little. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe I feel like you're a little lighter skin than Myra. Do you think that that may be a thing? You're not. No, I'm darker than Myra. You are. Depends on the sun. No, oh. I, a good 10 minutes in the sun. <laughs> right? No. Interesting. For some reason, like, yeah. I always thought Myra was a little darker. Like, And so I wondered if that, like, you know, the shade makes a difference. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. it, I, it probably Myra's, doesn't. Myra's lighter. Huh. But her Myra's hair is darker. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe that's it. That might be. Well, I think it's super gutsy that you came on and talked to us. And we sure appreciate it. And we love you to pieces, by the way. Yeah, I love you guys too. You're you my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but really me. Well, hold on. What? I'm married to Jenna. She probably likes Jenna more. Whatever. <laughs> Jenna's pretty fun. Just kidding. Well, we sure love you. Thanks, and Lena. Thanks yeah. for both of you coming. Anyone on. messes awesome. with you, we got you. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Especially with a parent. Oh, yeah. Please That'd text be fun. me. <laughs> oh. Anyways, thanks, Lena. Thanks, Lena. Yeah. Everybody, welcome. Super excited to have this episode. Um, following up off our conversation with our niece and sister-in-law, 
and we got a couple of friends. I've known them for a while. So I've played basketball with these guys. Well, I'm on the court. They're playing. I get to just kind of run up and down a couple of times with them. Um, but I've known you guys for a while. Yehosh, I've known you probably a little bit longer than I've known Tim. Oh. Um, but we got Tim Drisdom here and we got Yehosh Bonner with us. So thank you guys so much for coming on. Cool. We're excited. We're excited to have a conversation today. I do um, a lot of acting with Yehosh, <laughs> by the way, just so everybody knows. You're famous. Yeah, we're we're multi-talented. <laughs> but no, we were saying the purpose of this is, I guess, just kind of hit jump right into it. But with all the stuff that's been going on in the nation, with kind of the spotlight that's been brought to everything going on with, you know, racial injustice and racism in general, I feel like me personally, I have a lot of questions and kind of beliefs and I've learned through experience that the best way to learn is to talk and to ask. Right. And so I'm not a writer. I don't like to write things very much. I don't know. I'm not like a super social media person. And so what felt authentic to me was to get a couple of guys on here that I know and I trust and hopefully trust me enough to be able to have a real conversation about what's happening um, the only thing I thought of is like kicking this off was when I first got married, I told my wife something. I said, you have to trust me that I'm never going to do anything intentionally to hurt you. And so if I do something that hurts you, please give me the benefit of the doubt to tell me that I hurt you. And so I can understand that I did it and know that it's never coming out of a place where I'm trying to do it. So I can say that, but then the other thing is having to live that, right? And not doing something intentionally. So that's the only thing I'll ask is like, if something is said, obviously we can cut certain things, but if there is a topic that comes on and if there's an insensitive comment, it's not coming out of, there's no agenda. I'm not trying to lead the conversation anywhere, right? We're just trying to have an open conversation. Right. That's impressive. You said that to your wife that young though. That's a very mature thing. I wish I would have said something like that to my wife in the beginning. <laughs> that's the probably only, would have helped me out a lot. That's the only piece of marital advice I wow. give to people. I'm going to go home and say it today. <laughs> For real. Yeah, I was going to say I have a that's lot more time stuff. to screw it up. So. <laughs> so before we jump into things, I want to know a little bit more about you guys. So Tim, I want to know kind of, obviously I know you from basketball, but where did you grow up? Oh, the other thing, these two were like, insanely talented i was gonna say like I think crazy talented by far the most talent in the room that we've ever had wow so like, i gotta come by here more often no, hands <laughs> down it's crazy you guys but, are gracious but yeah tim i mean where'd you grow up how did you end up where you are right here yeah um born and raised in los angeles california okay. so um grew up in inner city la compton to be specific um, but moved around um, as I got a little bit older, you know, around L.A. County. And um, as you mentioned before, I was recruited to play basketball here um, in the state of Utah at the University of Utah um, <gasps> for those. So, yeah, I, I get it. I t- and I, and I, I am very aware of where I am today. So uh, let's be very clear that the colors that I chose were intentional. And, I, I actually, uh, when I saw it roll up in red, yeah, I loved yeah, it. I was yeah. like, this is great. Yeah, I'm a black dude wearing red in Utah County. So I, I, I absolutely understand what's happening. But no, um, came here um, to play basketball at the University of Utah. And um, I love it. I loved it. I uh, loved the experience. Um, I, I loved the people that I met and, and um, have, have made Utah home now uh, 18 years later. Wow. So still here, um, still kicking. 
not high, but but still kicking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, that that's that's pretty much how I got here. I'm I am one of four brothers, or four boys, uh, born into my, my family. My parents, um, they all live here. Uh, they, Did they, they follow you when you moved here? I wouldn't call it follow. Um, came but together. They definitely came. <laughs> they came here at different times, different points in in uh, since since I've been here, and uh, it's it's been great having them. Um, and I will say this: it's been great having them, especially especially today. Um, it's good to have family around you during times um, during the kind of times that we're in right now. So keep you grounded. Um, you know, you feel supported, all those type of things. But um, it's also like you like you guys said earlier, um, it's, it's also an opportunity for us to have tough conversations. Um, and so we've taken full advantage of that as well. But that's how I got here. Um, father of four, three boys and a girl. And um, yeah, that's how old are your kids? Uh, my oldest is 12, okay. and then I have seven, six, and uh, about a year and a half, almost a year and a half girl. Okay. So, yeah, the three boys came first, and then the girl. So I went boy, boy, girl, girl. There you go. 10, 7, 5, 3. Boy, boy, girl, girl? Yeah. All right. That's three right. kids and five and a half, like five years off. Well, that was a shock to the system. <laughs> huh. Dude. Just a little bit. Right? It's like, oh, I forgot how much work this was. <laughs> At least you have some, you know, help in the house to send the kids to get the diapers. Listen, man. Get me a bottle. Get me a binky. <laughs> yeah. Give me, give me a Diet Coke and a remote control. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, cool. Yahosh, uh, what about you? Um, so uh, originally from Las Vegas, that's where I was born. And then when I was 12, moved to Farmington, Utah. Lived there for two years. Moved to Cedar City, Utah. Lived there for two years. Oh. And then I finished high school for my junior and senior year in Arizona, Mesa, Arizona. In high school, I got to play against Tim. Hmm. And he was... Really in good. high school? Yeah. Oh, really? We, we, we met up in Vegas at a tournament. Yeah. yeah. We learned. <laughs> I think we. I think we just put that together. Yeah, like we did earlier this year or last year mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. actually played against each other. And wow. actually, I actually remember your host as much as he remembers me. Yeah. Is, I just. I mean, because he was a t- one of the taller guards, and I was like, "Oh, I'm about to, I'm about to take, the, I'm, about, I'm about to get these steals. I didn't, I couldn't get it from him, you know. But it just makes me feel better that he was a standout so at University of Utah. And- yeah, you didn't just play in like the same tournament. You guys were like playing against each other. Yeah, we literally played oh, against no each other. Oh no way! Yeah, and I remember not wanting to make any moves because he's always been. I mean, look at him; he's built like a <laughs> some sort of gladiator. You don't wow. put your hand. I waited. He's gonna, I, no, I he's, he's gonna break it. <laughs> yeah, I just remember making a move, and he like stood me up one. One time and I was like, "Whoa, I got to go around this dude. Like, I can't go through him. There's no way." So I think I remember reading a Defensive Player of the Year award. I did, yeah. Yep. yeah. I was yeah. scoring against a Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop talking about stats in that game. <laughs> we'll just say that Tim's team won. It's good, it's good to know. <laughs> it was frustrating. This is good. This is really good content. But yeah, how come you moved around so much? Uh, you know, it was for the family. I okay. come from a family of eight. Okay. I also have just four boys in my family. And uh, Tim didn't mention that his family is extremely talented, musical, yes, and are. just a family of faith, you know. And uh, they just actually collaborated on uh, a very moving um, project um, called Hold On, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that was just, it was amazing. It was amazing. For sure. We're definitely going to talk a lot more about that. So, right. But yeah, so I come from a family of eight. Everybody's musically involved. But um, my parents always wanted to move to areas where the kids that were like in high school could could do well. And um, it seemed like <laughs> we were always moving, you know. Oh, this is a great opportunity for my, for my brother and sister to go to this school or to be a part of this program. And, and my parents just kind of just were led by the spirit. And wherever they felt God wanted us to be, that's, that's where they moved us. So. Wow. Um, but yeah, I graduated at Mountain View High School in Mesa, Arizona, 
and um, Toros. Yeah, Toros. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, basketball's been a big part of my life. Um, music, and uh, right now um, I'm involved in athletics and, and music, and you know I've collaborated with Cam and some That's some right. acting and, and things my like debut. that. So <laughs> my debut. Yeah, you're a pro. <laughs> but yeah, I have uh, I have uh, three kids: uh, a nine year old boy, a five year old girl, and a three year old boy. Okay. And then uh, my wife Vanessa. And what do you guys? You guys are both still involved with athletics, right? You host your. Mm-hmm. What are you doing right like now? I want to be like Tim. I want to be like Tim. So, oh. you're, you're <laughs> I doing... see what he does, and I say, "Oh, well, I'm gonna try to do that." No. <laughs> I'm an athletic director at Intermountain Christian School, and the head basketball coach there as well. So, um, yeah, still heavily involved in athletics, and uh, we get a chance to to play against Yahosha's school. Yep. Um, now that we're both scheduling each other. Yep. Yeah, AD and coach. Yeah, it's working out better for him, by the way. Wow, yeah, I, yeah, it's a lot I, of work. I, there's no way I could have been a coach and athletic director. <laughs> for would, real, that'd be die. hard. I, how could I? Uh-uh. Yeah, <laughs> wow. I'm basically not an athletic director for four months of the year. <laughs> how long have you been doing Maybe that edit for? That. Um, shoot, this is going to be my third year as athlete as athletic director. I was hired halfway into my first year at, at ICS. Okay. So yeah, I started off just being basketball coach and did some things around the school musically and then halfway through there um, was hired as an athletic director and, and been doing it. Cool. Yeah. You guys enjoy, are you wanting to continue that? Like are you wanting to go to different levels or do you enjoy kind of the high school level where you're at? I love it at American Heritage School. That's where I'm the athletic director. It's, it's, it's been great. But, you know, whatever opportunities the Lord puts in my face, I'm going to check it out. You got to do gym. <laughs> so. gym, too. You don't want to leave there. Is I that love the one it. up by the temple? It's beautiful. Yeah, right yeah. Right. Yeah. It it is. Cool. yeah. I can see myself being there and just that, that's, that's it. You Isn't know, that but. school going to grow? Like, aren't they building more mm-hmm. they back behind it? it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's, it's, I have learned um, – to I mean you obviously pursue what it is that you want to do and you you make plans right um but as a as a person of faith as well um as opportunities continue to pre- present themselves then yeah I you know I go where I'm led yeah. and um right now I feel very strong that I'm I'm right where I'm supposed to be at the time I'm supposed to be there so okay yeah and we've kind of touched on it you're both very musically talented have you guys both <laughs> enjoyed music from a young age or is that something you picked up later in life go ahead so, uh, I've, yeah, I've, I've always enjoyed music, been around it, you know, my whole life. Um, athletics was my first thing. You know, everybody else in my family, they all got the solos. I never got the solos. <laughs> but, uh, you know, five, like four or five years ago, um, I joined my mom's gospel choir. And, you know, my mom's the, the choir director, so she gave me some solos. And I just loved it. <laughs> fell in love with gospel music again and awesome. and, and, and built some, some, some uh, good confidence to um, allow me to step out and to to pursue some of my own music and, and, and share my talent that way. So I've just, I've had this greeny fire about music and performing and inspiring through the talents that God's given me. So cool. What are you, Tim? Um, Yeah. So music has always been a big part of uh, our family. Uh, I grew up just playing instruments. So I, I started playing drums when I was three, um, four. I was actually four when I started playing in church, which is kind of weird. Um, but just singing, I hated. You were sing- four, and you started playing in church already. Yeah, yeah. wow. Well, okay. we we had a very forgiving congregation, so <laughs> yeah. um, I was able to I was able to get 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 into it. But uh, yeah, four, and then um, my mom had the idea to start a youth choir in our church, um, and so she wanted me and my brother to learn how to play uh, piano. So um, I learned. I got a 
one piano lesson from a guy uh, who's who's still he's actually a pastor in California now. But uh, and then just just started really learning by ear everything else. And and uh, years later, I'm you know, and I hated singing. That was a crazy thing. Like my brother would love my brother loves singing. He sang all around school and oh, Carrie, you know, sing the national <laughs> anthem. And they'd be like, Tim, sing. And I'd be like, ah. Uh-uh. Um, and then so now it's kind of it's, it's kind of interesting to to be in a position now where I'm actually singing more and I lead worship in our church and, and that type of thing. So, um, but yeah, it's always been a part of our family. My dad was a choir director um, when I was young and uh, never, I don't really look at myself as a choir director. I've, I like organized the choir and I just happened to be out in front. That's kind of like how I look at it. So a choir director. Nothing like, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing like the incomparable Deborah Bonner. Nothing oh, like that. Wow whatsoever that's why my parents love you so, so much man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's amazing we had a, a interfaith just concert was it last summer yeah and yeah. it was amazing it was several different you know faiths but everybody coming and being grounded in jesus christ and all these different choirs came and they had tim lead it and it was just it was phenomenal it was a phenomenal performance. Y'all got to do that again. You that should be every summer. You're the nicest dude I've ever met. <laughs> he is the nicest He's, dude. Hey, I'm met. I'm dead serious. But I've dude, never like, seen him not happy. Yeah, he just he always did. happy. Well, he's not always happy. I know that because we're well, maybe, I played, maybe it's because I haven't played against him before. It's not always happy. Uh, happy every time I see him. He looks happy. <laughs> That's kind of cool though. Even you know, talk about kind of where we're at and kind of getting into that conversation with even different religions, right? Everyone can come together with a common belief in Jesus and come together and kind of worship together, right? Even though they can be very different in maybe how they actually practice or whatever that may look like. Um, And so when all this stuff, I mean, with the most recent events that have happened, I mean, you can go back as far as you want to, but I'm just curious from your guys' perspective, when when it started to get, kind of the national spotlight again because it kind of goes through waves, right? Everything kind of goes through waves. It gets attention and then it doesn't get attention and then something happens. What is your initial like gut feeling when something happens again and it starts to get national attention? For me, I'm like, I mean, here we go again. Like it's it's still happening. Like this isn't something that's new. It's not, it's been happening, you know, and, and, you know, thankfully, um, because of, you know, technology, people have their phones and they're recording these things. People are starting to believe us, <laughs> mm-hmm. believe the black community that there is a problem. Um, so it, it, it's sad, but most recently, um, I've, I've really, um, been surprised and, and grateful at some of the response of, of a lot of people that didn't respond that way the last time or the time before that. I think that people's hearts are really starting to change. And, and there are still some that surprised me by their hearts not changing and their lack of empathy. Um, but it, it's sad. Um, it makes me, you know, even more nervous for, for my sons and, and my daughter and my family. You know, what can I do to help protect them and educate them and make sure that they're safe? Well, there's only so much I can do because so much of it is, that, is out of my control, depending on the bias or or how a person sees me as a black man. You know, so um, I just always try to speak up and, and have conversations with people who, who are willing to listen, you know, and to do my part. But it's 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 an issue. And, and I hope that this is an issue that continues to be talked about until it's it, until it's better. You bring up a point. So in speaking with our niece. Lena, a few minutes ago, it, she, her and her mom talked about something that I've never really thought of. And it's the, like you as a parent, right? 
like sending your kid out and being worried about like Kim was saying that I've got to tell her to like, you know, don't be confrontational or, you know, she gives her like this little laundry list of things like just to go out. Like Lena was telling us that she'll hang out with her white friends, but one of her best friend that is Hispanic, like they won't hang out by themselves in public because they're worried about how they'll be treated like that. That blew my mind, especially here. You know what I mean? Like you, you just don't, I don't think people realize that we have a problem here too. And, and maybe I'm being too naive. I, I think that people here just aren't used to living in with diversity, right? They're just, they don't know how to act, right? They've never been around people from other races. Like I grew up in Southern California. I, I grew up in Long Beach and in Huntington Beach. I worked in Chicago. You know, you know the door knocking story, you host. Mm-hmm. That's what we did our famous film about. <laughs> but, you know, I spent nine years in Southside Chicago and it's, it, it's hard because I don't think a lot of people here know how to act also around people of color, right? And I also don't think that people realize that some of this stuff's happening here. I don't think they realize at all what is happening here, especially, well, I shouldn't say especially, hearing what my niece had to say. Like, my niece is a little lighter skin, like, super shy and just to herself, like, the sweetest kid ever. So hearing some of the stuff that she's heard was just, I I, I shouldn't be shocked. I feel like I've kind of lived everywhere, and I maybe I'm a little cynical sometimes, like, but it surprised me a lot. And so that's got to be really tough as a parent. You know, what, I don't know the right question to ask that way. Like, what, what is something that you wish, we'll just say every parent in Utah, every parent doesn't necessarily have to be white parents, right? Like, what, what is something that you wish you could say to, no, let's do it. Let's say white parents in Utah. Like, what's something that they need to understand that they don't right now? Was well, that too broad of a question? Well, no, there's there's so much. Yeah. I, right, right. <laughs> there's so much. Right. But I guess as a parent, and and you can stop me if I'm talking too much, but what are you giving your children? Like, what are you showing them? Are they seeing diversity in the books that you're buying, right. in the toys that you're you're, huh. you're 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 you know you're you're giving them, in the shows that you're watching as a family? What what um what are you programming them to think about other ethnicities and races? Are they learning just about their own history or are they learning about the history? I mean, cause really uh, <laughs> we have black history month, right? right? And it's, it's a month that we have to pack all of the black history. But guess what? <laughs> we got here when, when you got here uh, <laughs> right. unwillingly, but we got here. Right. Oh, and we're a part of building this country 400 years of, Free labor, <laughs> you know, yeah. we help build this country. We love this country, you know, uh, and, and our ancestors, you know, died for it and, and, and survived so that we could be here and have the opportunities that we have. Now, how much of that do you, does your children understand that we have a part in this history, that we have a part here? Because, you know, you go to other schools and you look at their history curriculum and the history that I was taught, I, most of my black history I learned from my parents and when I went to college, not from my teachers right. in history class, you, you right. know, so... Uh, education is key. I think that's going to help with a lot of the ignorance and how these children are programmed because we are programmed. We have bias. And for the parents to also teach their children that racism is not always just intentional. 
you can still right. do something racist and, and and not intentionally do that right. you know so we have to be in, uh, intentionally anti-racist you know i mean there's just so much <laughs> yeah. i don't know tim i'm i'm sitting here and i'm trying to make sure that i form the things that i have to say in a way number one that makes sense um i am not trying to not be offensive if that makes sense like that's not my struggle um because i think if people are going to be offended they're it, i think it's for a good cause you know See, I mean? and you bring up a good point i yeah. think that we're also scared to affect like with social media now like you yeah. can't you can't say it like me as a business owner on social yeah. media i have to be so careful and it, it, it doesn't matter like you're gonna be wrong either way but yeah. i think that that's a big wall for this type of dialogue absolutely because i think there are a lot of people that are scared to speak up because they're scared it was funny we were talking to elena about like does it offend you if we call you a black person mm -hmm. like if we refer to black it's amazing how many people are scared to just say black people yeah. or a black person instead like am i supposed to say african-american <laughs> am i yeah. supposed to say it's like <clears throat> Yeah. They're just talk to them like anybody else. You're white. They're yeah. black. It's all it's all good. Just talk. But yeah. but uh, what you bring up is I think one of our biggest roadblocks. Sure. Um. And and to make people uncomfortable, like I got that's also like not a thing anymore because everybody's just so weak and sensitive and nobody wants to say anything. And but I think the thing that I'm struggling with it as as I continue to hear it and I hear education because I think and I think that's very important. I think it's extremely important to educate in the home right um you know you said what 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 will we want to communicate to white parents i think the thing that i'm struggling with though is why do we need education in order to just be kind to other humans mm. that's i think that's the thing that i'm just like because i think it's i think it's i think it's great i think i think we should be educated i think there should be a level of hey i should know you know this about that and i've been saying it but it just dawned on me in this second and listening to some of the fixes, right? right? Like education, know my history in order to treat me with respect. Like why do we, why do you need to read a book in order to respect a human well, being? And to be more clear, I, maybe I should have said Utah. This isn't true. You, you know what I mean? No, like, no, 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 no. This, yeah, yeah. It's not even about what you said or what anybody right. else has said. It's just the reality that one of the fixes in order to change being a racist, which to me is just dehumanization of people based on their color, one of the fixes is to become educated. Like, I don't need education in order for me to be a nice person to another person so or true. to an animal or to, you know what I mean? Like, just to be a good person. For sure. I don't need you to know about Martin Luther King in order to know how to treat me. I just need you <laughs> right. to treat me like a human, like you, you know what I mean? So that that's kind of the, the one thing that just kind of popped into my head so to answer your question further education absolutely is a, is a huge deal we also have you and, and and your host touched on it too um and this guy said and I've, I've been repeating this ever since i heard it and i just heard it last week white guy who i work with he says this and he heard it from somewhere else he said every white person is racist until you do something about it to not be racist so until you've done an action or spoke up, then you're basically you're racist because you're you were born. We were born into a system that has, whether directly or indirectly, promoted the superiority of a particular race. You happen to be in that race that makes you 
not an overt racist, not an intentional racist, but until you actually take the opposite stance in your action, in your communication, then that's where he feels. And and it's a controversial statement and it's hard to like stomach or it's hard to hear, I'm sure. But I mean, as I think about it more, like I think it's a safe place to start because it'll actually move those who don't want to be considered that into a place of action as opposed to standing idly by and just hoping it blows over or waiting until like your host said or like Drew said, it'll just die down and it'll come back later. Or die. We're in a space right now where I feel like it's not going anywhere. It's not going to die down because we're not going to let the narrative die down. I feel like this, this is one of those moments that you don't get very many times in history where now it's like, you know, for the sake of lack of a better, it's nut crunching time. Like it's, <laughs> I don't know if you got to edit that out, but <laughs> nut crunching. Okay, okay, good. I think that's a cereal, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make it whatever you want. <laughs> but people's feet are to the fire for sure. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think education is a, is a huge deal. Um, I think intentional relationship with people that don't look like you is an, is, is another big deal. Like go out of your way mm-hmm. and don't be fake about it. But go out of your way to create relationship with somebody who doesn't look like you because they're going to see the world from a different place. And then in your communication, because we have relationship, like I don't know. I mean, I know Drew through hoops. I'm just meeting you for the first right. time. But I, I, I can feel the energy and I, I feel like I'm in a safe I felt space. The spark right? as well. well, I don't know if it was a spark. Come on. <laughs> I don't want to go on record to say I felt a spark in a room full of five dudes. Not, I'm not there yet. Um, but, but it allows us the opportunity to say and to really to screw it up right like i can screw it up in a relationship because i know the person that i'm dealing with is gonna be forgiving they're gonna they're gonna know my heart they're gonna know that i didn't like you said to your wife yo i'm gonna probably hurt you but in order for this to work you gotta know i'm not doing it on purpose and you gotta talk about and it. and you gotta say it yeah you know what i mean like say like this is this world doesn't say anything anymore everything is through the freaking you know social media through instagram what you want me to see about you like nobody really posts that they have like real struggles like nobody does it yeah oh, for sure you know yeah. what i mean yeah you bring up another point about you know the other day there were some protesters out on just right out here state street and university parkway yeah and half of them were taking pictures of themselves like like holding up signs and that's the hard thing like how do we take a stand or how do we do the opposite of let's say we all start at like you said racist right yeah. until we take a stand how do people do that especially in an area like utah where there isn't a, there aren't there isn't a huge black community here right mm-hmm. how, how what would you say that people here can do and not i feel like social media so many people want to look like like the like the blackout thing the other day yeah that really I don't know. I felt like that was so lame. <laughs> like, I, I just, I'm like, really? That's the, all you got? Like, you're just going to put a black square in your social media and that's you making a difference? I don't know. Do you, What do you guys think about, like, did that make a difference? Does that, is it did that? to me. It did. It okay. did to me. I actually, I thought about some of my friends and I said, I wonder if they did that. I wonder if they did something. I wonder if they've said something. And I looked and, huh. you know, and, and. And that a lot of them did. You. It matters to me, huh. you know, that they did something like like Tim said that they, whether you said something, you post a black that you're aware, you know, and that you're sharing that so that other people can become aware uh, of these issues. Uh, Martin Luther King said, "What would he say?" It was a, it was a great quote. Um, In the end, we we won't remember the words of our enemies. 
but the silence of our friends, oh. you know? And, and so I, and I believe that. It's funny. Like I find myself being worried about, what do they call it? Like virtue, virtue signaling. Is that the <laughs> snowflake term for it? <laughs> like you're just doing it to show off. Like I, I'm always there worried about. That. I don't want people. But to I'm think still grateful. That, <laughs> but see, because that, somebody might see it and that might. That's cause really. Them to think. An, that's what I need to hear. Like that's a really. And a, I'm I, not going to judge anybody's heart. I don't know. Right. I, I I only know what you show me. Well, and even if they did it, maybe out of a bad place, someone might have seen it in the right place. That does something. You know. Who yeah. knows? Who knows you what's know, going to cause someone to take a half second and think. Right. Mm-hmm. Yohosh, what's your wife's name? Vanessa. Vanessa. Okay. So I read a comment on your, I was looking through your Facebook posts before you came in and it's funny. Vanessa said something. She commented on somebody's post. I want I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was Goodell, Roger Goodell. Like now he's coming out saying we were wrong. Right. And of course the first thing I think of is just like, whatever, dude, <laughs> too little, too late. Shut up. Like it's going to cost you some money now. Like you might have to give Colin Kaepernick a job again, and now you're saying that we were wrong. But your wife said something really interesting. She's like, you know what? Even if it didn't come from the right place, it's still the right thing. Like somebody's going to hear something. So it, it's a step. It's a start. And then hearing you say what you just said about the blackout thing, which I thought was just like, is that really the best we can do? But. I never thought of it in that context. And that's, to me, that's what this is about. Like, I want to hear what I can do to help my black friends and like help. How do I show solidarity? How do I help? And not just have it be like a social media picture, but to find out that that does help. Like that quote, that's a powerful quote. I've never heard it. So that's that's really eye-opening to me. Hmm. Well, and for me, what this has done is it's kind of exposed in my life. Call it ignorance, call it whatever you want to call it about what really is happening. Right. I mean, there's so many things that we could say that people are automatically going to choose a side. You know what I mean? I can say black lives matter and it's going to, there's an argument. Someone's, someone's going to choose something, right? So black lives, uh, I don't know if black lives matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's real. It's real. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. And I'll be the first to admit, when I first when it first came up, I was like, okay, you know, but I, I took a different side. But then, gratefully, I've been given the opportunity to study and to learn and to hopefully progress in the way that I think and things. And I think it's okay to change. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people get caught up in, well, I felt this way before, or I said this thing before I can't go against that now. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not who we are as human beings. We are here on this earth to grow, to develop. And Make if mistakes. we aren't doing that, then how are we progressing in this life? Right. And so for me specifically, like this last week, so I always try to do a lot of research on our podcast guests. Somebody has to. (laughs) He's the organized one. (laughs) And so I spent time trying to research. And so this was very different. And I had so many discussions with my wife off of articles or quotes or things that I was learning or epiphanies that I was having. Right. And for me, like, I want to talk about this a little bit because it is a hot topic, but I hopefully we can have a good discussion on Black Lives Matter specifically, mm-hmm. right? Like the the thing that hit me because I'm a visual learner, right? Or 
I think that Christ was the best teacher of all time because he taught in parables and stories that he tried to teach to comprehension to the people that he was with. And so for me, when I hear things like for one reason or another, certain things click. And so I read something and it was talking about Christ. And he said, when he left the 90 and nine to find the one, he was not saying the 90 and nine are not important. Mm -hmm. That's not what he's about, but he left them to find the one or to find the sick and to find the afflicted. And I don't know what it was, but for that, it clicked mm-hmm. for me. By saying black lives matter, you are not saying all lives don't matter, right? right? But I feel like that's a very common theme. Why do you think that that's kind of people's initial stance? When they hear it, they're, why do you feel like people feel like they have to say, if black lives matter, other, other lives don't? Like, 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 why is it Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter? Like, why is that even a topic? And that's a question that I would want to ask you. <laughs> I don't understand it. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I have an answer. Yeah. They don't want to embrace the reality that there's, that there's a problem. Yeah. That's you're right. That's very simple. Yeah. Like, if you can hear in Black Lives Matter that, everyone else's life doesn't matter if you can if you can go that far as you know you're doing that intentionally you know you're burying your head in the sand that's all you're doing yeah and 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 so all lives matter is just i mean and this is i i I don't know if you saw the clip from um michael the 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 comedian and he was talking about um he had a skit and he's talking about let's talk about black lives matter Mm -hmm. like matter yeah like we're just we're just trying to matter. <laughs> like we're trying to, we're, and, and we have people who are like against black lives matter. Like we're not trying to, <laughs> black lives are not superior or we're just, we just got like want to matter. And he, he, he basically argues that we're always going for like the lowest common denominator. Like we, we want civil rights. Like just be civil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's some people that want equal rights. We're not even asked for equal. We're just asked for <laughs> civil rights. You know, those are the type of things that I, I, when you look at people, you're like, Really, you have a problem with saying Black Lives Matter, like, and you and you can ignore. You can look at the climate that we're in. You can see the things. You can see the reasons why we're posting or why we're saying right. that, that that or why Black Lives Matter is a movement. But you can still generate an idea that says, "Well, you guys, well, no, it's all it's all Lives Matter." Like, it's because you don't want to face it. Mm. So, I agree. And something else that I read on that was like when the Boston bombings happened and people were posting Boston strong, like there was no cities throwing up their arms being like, well, what about Salt Lake? Yeah. Salt Lake strong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or when the Vegas was shooting, everyone was like, we stand with Vegas. Like yeah. everyone was all about Vegas and coming together. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it wasn't like, oh, Salt Lake, you don't matter. Paris. Because- Paris. Paris. Mm. Everything, yeah. right? Breast That's a how- really interesting point. You yeah. know, like, or if it's breast cancer awareness, I'm right. not saying colon cancer doesn't matter. Uh, I'm saying breast cancer, like, we're just focusing on breast cancer. Yeah. There's something unique about breast cancer where I feel like we need it needs more attention. It needs a little more help. Yeah. And to me, that's confirming what you just said, Tim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we're just burying our heads in the sand. Because we'll speak up loud for Vegas Strong or Paris. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and that's okay. Like, but if it comes to something like Black Lives Matter, you know, for me, I'm just going to be honest. Like, sometimes I look at... The saying Black Lives Matter, that means something. But I think maybe sometimes people, especially here, it's a more conservative place, right? More, we'll say right wing, Republican, whatever. 
I feel like sometimes conservative TV tries to villainize not the not the term, but the the group, the mm-hmm. the, the actual. Yeah, I think a lot of people. I've seen that. They don't. Well, they confuse I don't the method know. with the message. Yes, they they they're like, well, if I say Black Lives Matter, that means I'm supporting that organization, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that I wonder how much of that plays into that because I think I might be guilty of that. I think if I'm being a, real, like no. I, I I look at that like, of course, Black Lives Matter, but I don't. I guess to me, it's an organization that I don't know anything about. Does that make sense? Yeah, we just want, and so there's that you know, disconnect for me. I think I think in order in, in first of all in order to for this any of this to work, I think we've got to separate ourselves politically. Oh man, there's not, there's no way to do this with that like that those those that marriage that hasn't worked. See, it, and and you're right. Like I feel like politically we're more divided than we ever have been, yeah. which makes this what we're talking about. I imagine maybe even harder than it's ever been it's hard because everyone is on a side Mm -hmm. and they will not you know like mitt romney okay like he marched yesterday Mm -hmm. with black lives matter which i thought was really cool everyone hates him here now Mm -hmm. not because of yesterday but just because he's in he does what he wants like he doesn't stick to the party line Mm -hmm. i've always kind of respected him for that but it's just proof that if you don't play by your team's rules you can't be on the team anymore Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. which makes this discourse that we're having at least for the general public even harder Mm -hmm. because you can't be on both sides of the fence and if black people are on the democratic side and i'm on the republican side like we can't talk about that like we have nothing to talk about that's crazy Mm -hmm. no yeah you can't you can't be it can't be about I mean, because uh, I don't know, Fox News, I guess, is like the, is that the right, the right side? They're, they're, or? they're horrible. I don't know. But yeah. And then yeah, you got yes. CNN. They're that's all on horrible. The, that, that's me. on the, right? And so, like, I get all my, like, Republican black friends who, you know, yeah, he was murdered, but, right. or we don't have all the facts, or, like, no, 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 no. that is a political stance. You, That's your inability to separate yourself from some sort of party that you're that you're attached to which i am not attached to any party i'm attached to the party that's going to do the right thing that's going to make the next right choice that's the party i'm attached to you know as, as my mom just always said hey whoever's doing what's right do it follow that when they do what's wrong don't follow that mm-hmm. so to me there's wrong on both sides there's 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 miss you know there's there's media there's race baiting on both sides there's all of these things on both sides of the spectrum and if people would just be human. Just get back to being humans. Like that will guide you. You know that what you're seeing on TV when you see that guy's knee on his neck is a bad thing. There's Anyone nothing, who can see that and say that's not there's but wrong. there's but and there's no but that goes behind that. But he was this or but the, the you know the it criminal was let's 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 dig up his history. He is dead. You see that video? Like I'll be honest, in the he beginning did. in the beginning I I keep I thought that like what I mean, he was he committing a crime? He had to be committing a crime. Why would the police be there? Absolutely. And I'm guilty of that. Like the first couple of days, that's how I thought. Like, yeah. okay, what? I have so many police officer friends, and their job sucks. Like it is so hard. Like they deal with so many assholes day in, day out, mm-hmm. and it is a thankless job. So sometimes I do catch myself really like, look, they're not all like that guy, right? Mm-hmm. 
But then I wa- I finally like pulled my head out of the sand, which I'm learning, right? And watched the video, and it was horrifying, horrifying. And I don't care, honestly. Like, aside, from, like, I can't think of too many crimes. I hardly any crimes that would merit such a horrible, violent. Just the look on his face, right? It, I, I, it's, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Like so, once you see that video, all of that goes out the window. Yeah. Like there's something evil happening right there, and I don't care what he did. Like, the horrible. Yeah. So you're right. And then, I think part of that is. Um, I think it's easy when, you know, talking about like the black lives matter, right? Like, I think sometimes like, I know maybe like I'll being honest, like this has been part of my growth, right? Is the first time when I heard that, I was like, I feel, and this is so, <laughs> it's so unfair. It's such a, I don't even know how to say it. No but disclaimers like, necessary. You know what I mean? But it's like. <laughs> I feel like someone's attacking me, you know what I mean? And it's like, but I feel like I've done a pretty good job in my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like I, I do a pretty good job with my kids. You know, like that whole thing happened. What did we do on Sunday? We sat down and we talked about race. You know, we had discussions about it and we were teaching my kids in the house the second that it happened, you know? So it's like, I feel like I'm doing a good job. So when that kind of stuff happens, I think some people get defensive you know, and they have to almost try to justify what they have done not to be that way, but it's, but that's not enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think you do have to start to take a stand with stuff. Um, have you guys, have you been, how do you, have you been surprised by actions on what's happened with, are you surprised at what is happening in the nation right now? with the momentum of everything that's that's going on are you surprised by that well the way that i've kind of made sense of it is i mean we've been on lockdown you know we've we've, we've been quarantined people are looking at social media you know and so more of people's eyes are on the issue and because of that um you know it's people are seeing that whoa this is ha- oh it happened again oh my gosh it keeps happening it's been happening like i said it, it's it's been happening and so um but still, I, I am surprised. I, I'm pleasantly surprised um, by the reaction and by the conversations that people want to have. You know, they're like, I don't want to sound ignorant. And, and they're scared. People are scared to even have the conversation. But it's just having that humility to say, you know what? This isn't right. How can I be better? How can I make things better? What can I do for you? And, and, and I've seen that change and I felt it and I appreciate it. And I hope that more people want to do that. You know. What about you, Tim? Um, yeah, I, you know, am I shocked? Am I surprised by the reaction? No, not anymore. I think, um, I think it was, I think it was coming. You know what I mean? Um, I think it was, it was something that you could see potentially happening. And then with social media, again, that's, that's our platform now. That's everybody's platform and it's, and it's worldwide, right? So now you see, you see protests, yeah. outside of the United States of America. So there's now, again, because everything is, like like um, Yehosh was saying earlier, 
now that we have cameras and all this stuff, like it's only a matter of time. And I think that there are starting to, and especially with the, with the climate politically and, and I mean, just all these different things. I mean, it's kind of like the perfect storm, it's right? Exactly. It's all coming together. Exactly. And now right we, have the, we got the pandemic and now, yeah. and, and it's amazing too, even with that, like, like all these protests are, I mean, the protests are violating social distancing. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I thought that too. Like, like you think about it and you're just like, oh, that's interesting. You know, and that's, that's as far as I go. I promise. Like, that's, that's super interesting. But the, such but a good the, word. Interesting. Interesting. It's, it's a safe word. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've learned that in my space of work. It, oh, that's interesting. What's that sound like? Um, <laughs> but no, it, I, I'm, I'm not shocked. Um, I am, I am hopeful some days and some days not yeah. that um, that we'll continue the conversation long enough that we'll actually see real change. Like I'm hopeful of that, but there's there are certain days where I read people what people have to say, and I'm like, well, maybe not. Maybe this will be another. Maybe it, you know, get really stoked about it, and then something else will happen that'll distract us and. And we won't, you know what I mean. What are those things that you're ho- like that you're hoping for, like change? Um, I'm hoping that uh, that the conversation will continue. So like days like this, they make me extremely hopeful. Um, that's why I haven't said no to an opportunity to to speak right. to anyone, to come on anybody's deal, you know, come on this podcast. Um, I've had friends reach out to me. I've had pastors, and I'm not no pastor, but I've had pastors reach out to me and want to have conversations, and I'm not passing on any of those um, because people genuinely want to know. And I think with our platforms, we have to continue to encourage conversation. And I'm and I'm seeing that more and more. I'm seeing that being you know be encouraged. Do you um, think more than normal? Like I, more absolutely. when this happens, like because obviously, like you say, like this happened. I mean. The first one I can remember, like I lived in LA still during yeah. Rodney King, like mm. that whole thing. And yeah. do you see more happening this time positive? Absolutely. Than- I'm seeing more happen positive and I'm also seeing huh. what I feel like to be a huge change and that is the white community is actually standing up. Whereas, I mean, we had the Million Man March back in, I don't know, and that was not even for this. That was for like, you know, uh, like black on black crime and crime and you know and infested neighborhoods like that but i'm actually seeing people trying to empathize right. that don't look like me um i'm seeing now i'm i'm going to say this and i'm if you watch my live i'm also seeing a little bit of um my white brothers and sisters not doing us any favors that's and, something i want to talk about and i want i mean we can get i don't know if we're there yet but did i make us there i don't Let, let's jump let's okay, go for sure okay let's go um, they are doing things in the name of the movement that the people who are like in the movement aren't doing and in the name of trying to help. And I don't know if they're trying to help because I don't want to judge anybody's heart, but I will tell you, you're not helping. If you're, if you're downtown, especially in Utah, if you're downtown and you're flipping and burning police cars, <laughs> not helping us. If you're downtown and you're climbing up on buildings and spray painting Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matter. On Starbucks. Not helping us. That would, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're downtown causing commotion and causing you're 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 in a peaceful protest, but yet you're not being peaceful, you're not helping us because because we just we saw what the guy with the bow and arrow. I don't know if you guys saw that. Right? Oh, so man. we we saw the opportunity that one will take to make sure that it's still the black face that did something bad to you. Where when we look at the video, it was nothing but 
white guys that jumped him. For real. Right? But his first thing, because and, and they will still put a mic to his mouth. Mm-hmm. And he will still say, it was African Americans that, that jumped me. And so I, I want us to be careful that as, as you're trying to help, don't hurt us at the same time. And I say that in all love, and I'm not upset at anybody because... I think people are trying to figure out how to process it. And you got young kids and they're radicals and they're wanting to, to really get out there. And it's like, yo, look at your black friend and take the lead from him. If he's not burning things up, if he's not disrespectfully talking to somebody. Now, obviously, you're going to get your odd ones in the bunch or whatever. I'm, so I'm not saying that you don't have that as an example. But look right next to you and, and figure out, OK, all right, I'm going to take my. It's the same thing I would do. If I was in a company of people that I was trying to help out, I would, you know, I don't, I say this about funerals. Black funerals always make me laugh when I, and this is the only analogy I have. But like, there's like the person who's deceased, right? And then you have like their immediate family, right? And their immediate family is just chill. Like they're grieving and they're crying, but they're just chill. But then you get this one odd person who like, like this is strained aunt. It's, it's like this random person who we haven't seen in 10 years. That will come in the door and just start screaming and going crazy and want to jump in the casket with the dead. And it's like, yo, my G, take your cue from me. That was my brother or right. my son. I'm not jumping around. And so that's kind of the analogy I think of. Like, yo, chill out. You just want the attention. Yeah, I just want some attention. And and really, you end up hurting us. So, Let's think um, you're taking someone else's cause and making it about it. you, right? Yeah. And hurting it in the process. And people are waiting for the cause to be hurt. People that haven't spoken up, people who hide their head in the sand, they're like, see? Mm-hmm. <laughs> see? Everyone finds what they're looking for, they'll right? Absolutely. Yeah, so don't help us. Absolutely. And that, see, and that's that's a good point. And I think, I think that sometimes we, I guess the way that I look at it is I think there's some people, especially maybe here, right, where there's not a lot of diversity, we've said before, that they really take their cues from what they're seeing on TV, mm-hmm. whether it be pop culture, whether it be the one news channel they watch just showing looting, yeah. right? There might be like one area where it's getting looted, but they're not talking about the 2000 peaceful protests, but that's, but, but at the same time, we can't blame them for that. That's where the education comes in, right? Cause they don't really have anything else to see. They don't have any black friends. They don't, there's no black people in their neighborhood. Jeez. In Utah it could be no black people in their County. Right. Yeah. And, to me, that's when I bring up education, I think like I grew up in an area where like I was not the majority race, right? I mean, I'm in California. So just like you said, like, it's just about being nice to other human beings because there was everything yeah. that you just, you didn't even have to think about it. But here it's different because it's this kind of bubble that, and I don't know that people know how to act. Well, the thing that I've been saddened by is people have been more outraged here about the looting right. than the death. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They're like... Well, to your point, it's they're looking... That's maybe what they're looking for, right? For sure. Or how the... Maybe that's how... Because this... I haven't thought about the burying my head. Like what you said about the blackout thing, like this is really like... That's sunk in and that's how... Maybe that's how people justify burying their head in the sand, right? Well, it is for sure because they find what they're looking for and so they say, see... That's why this whole thing can't, you know what I mean? Like he must have been doing something wrong. Look at how, look at the reaction of stuff, right? And like I said, that's been, it's been disheartening as I have tried, tried to open my eyes a little bit more and see what's going on around me. And 
you see that they are more outraged with that than they are the death and the persecution. You know what I mean? It's like, I know that hit a nerve because when I said that, both of you guys were just like, oh, like, you know, you, you can tell that hits differently for you guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how does that make you feel when you see people that are starting to be vocal, but they're more vocal about the looting than they are about the race, the racism? You know, um, I try to have conversations, you know, when I can, because this whole, everything, this is good that these conversations are happening, but you know, it's, it's emotionally draining, you know, and the people that you love deeply, you're figuring out they they don't love you like you love them and all of them you know because they're focusing and making general 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 statements about you know people of color and um for me um i just try to see okay why i ask why are you focusing on this why is this your focus you know and 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 just see where they're coming from or why they said what they said and um after a conversation then i can make my you know, I guess my, my judgment in, okay, I, I can help sway them. I can help f- give them more of a perspective or, okay, well, hopefully you'll get it at some point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's unfortunate that they, that they're so adamant about voicing their opinion on this side, not the, not the death, not the murder that's been happening for hundreds of years, but on the items being stolen, that they care more about the crime of people's property and uh, being taken rather than a person's life being taken so it's it just says a lot about what what they're thinking or where they're what they're looking for and um what kind of media and conversations they're engaging in you know yeah what their intake Mm -hmm. is right on what Mm -hmm. they're what they're consuming and again i I try not to judge but that's why i ask questions you know and and then i make my i make okay my assumption yeah what about you tim you said you, <clears throat> sorry, you said you recognized that you hit a nerve. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Um, Yahosh is better than me. Um, no, he, you, you really are. <laughs> Tell him how you and, feel because I probably feel the same way. <laughs> no, I, I have lived most of my life, um, so to this point, not judging. I just don't do it. I don't, I don't do it when it comes to church. I don't do it when it comes to leaders. I don't do it when it comes because I know we all have our day and our moments of low points or failure or whatever you want to call it. I don't judge. Um, and I don't think that I'm judging the people who are saying who care more about the riots than they do about the dead or the dead guy, right? About the, the, that was brought to my attention. It's not a murder until, until he's convicted that, which, is another insensitive thing to say. So it's not really a judgment. It's a, you're telling me. Yeah, you're just, you're just seriously. Yeah. Like I've, and I heard yeah. that today. I, I That's came, crazy. With I just the came video. from a very, very tough meeting. Yeah. On my, on my way here. Before, before I came here, I was, I was in a very, very tough meeting with some people I loved dearly and they did not offend me at all. But there, we were just talking and, you know, I work at a school. So, um, without saying too much, it was just a hard, it was a hard meeting, but statements like that, statements like, you know, caring about property and, and, and not, and you only mentioning like you, the, your first mention of George Floyd is after the looting. Oh my gosh. Yes. You look on people's timelines like the, and stuff. You, well, so when people say that I, I go to first mention, so I, I'm like, Oh, okay. Wait a minute. All right. I see something about the rise. I think, I think the rise are wrong too. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's scroll up and see what you've said before. Mm. Cause then I don't have to judge you. Mm. I get the information and I'm like, oh, okay, that's where you are. So um, 
I'm very uh and I Lord, I work with people and I'm in contact in close proximity with people who are the people that we're talking about. And I, at this moment, and they asked me today because I was just sitting there and they asked Tim, how are you feeling? And it's, it's just me. I'm the only black face in the room with five other white people. And and they're great. Again, like I, I don't I don't even say that just because I'm on here. Amazing people who are learning and who are empathizing and who are. But they asked me how I'm feeling. I just told them I said, I'm just angry. I'm just angry. Those things anger me because you're making a choice to only see what you want to see. And I feel like you're seeing you're seeing the wrong thing. Um, and yeah, and I can go, I can go. I don't want to keep talking for long periods of time, but yeah. Why do you think, and this is, I guess, an unfair question of you, maybe it's a question I should be asking us, but like, why is it that we are looking for something else? You know what I mean? Like, why is it that we have to, you know, have a reason or a justification for what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think some people don't want to believe that humans are capable of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it is always just a racist thing. I think maybe it's a human nature thing. It's hard. Some people really struggle with the fact that it's not racist. Like humans couldn't do that. Like there had to be a reason. It's like maybe I think the world is such a dark place right now that I think people want to like put just a warm blankie over everything and you know, obviously it's denial, right? Mm-hmm. And it's naive. But I think people, like mental health, I feel like is worse than it has been in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And I think it also, I think that also hurts having good conversation or good dialogue about it because people just can't handle it right now. Mm-hmm. I think social media has made people a lot weaker than they used to be. You know, we judge ourselves against everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're scared to be attacked. Uh huh. So, I, so that's a huge thing. I've had you know, people inbox like, me a lot. I'm like, oh right? man, hey, I'm thinking about you, praying for you, love you. What's happening is wrong. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, wow, thank you so much. And then I go to their Facebook, and they've said nothing. But but let me give because you because they are scared of let being me, attacked. Yes, let me give you an alternative opinion to that. Mm-hmm. I this is how I feed my family. Right, mm-hmm. we live in a boycott, cancel society. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because if you take if you take a side, it co- it could cost you. Like, and it doesn't matter what side. Like you, you're almost. But I see it with a lot of athletes now too. Like they don't want to stir the pot because it can cost, right? And you, I've seen it a lot. Like if a business owner makes a decision. And he's in an area or man, I think there's a lot of people that have done it without even knowing it. And all of a sudden they struck a nerve and they're gone. Like they lose it all. You know, I think that might be why some business owners have a hard time with the looting. I think, I don't think it makes, I don't think they don't care about what's going on. I obviously it's different if they're talking about the looting and not the other thing, that's a totally different thing. But I mean, there are people losing everything and just for saying the wrong thing or being in the wrong place. Like I feel like they deserve some empathy too, I guess. And I don't know. I think, I think for me, the looting thing for me is hard. I don't post, I would never 
like you guys make a really interesting point about that. If you're only posting about the looting and you're not talking about the murder that happened, that's a problem. But I do think a lot of people are scared to stand up because nowadays your whole livelihood, everything you do to take care of your family, everything you've built can go away like that. And that's hurting the discourse. Yeah. It's definitely hurting the discourse. Absolutely. Because, I mean, we've been, black people have been saying for it for sure. just a year. We, we're being killed. Stop killing us. Give us not even equality, just civil rights. We want to exist. We want to feel safe. Can I go for a walk? I went for a walk last uh, last week and it was late and it was nice outside. I was like, ah, Vanessa. I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. She's like, no, don't go. And I was like, no, I should be able to be able to go for a walk. I'm gonna go for a walk. I get down the street. I get a call from my brother. Hey, how you doing, brother? How you? Please go home, man. But please go home. Your wife just called me. It's like I should be able to feel free to walk in my own neighborhood without any even in the back of my head. Where do you live? Spanish Fork. Holy hell. Spanish Fork. I should. I should be able to feel free to to, to do that. Yeah. And now one would say, Yahosh, come on, not in Spanish Fork, Utah. Right, like that—that that would be so. Somebody's gonna listen to this and be like, "Ah, oh, you're you're just you're stretching it." It's Spanish for no, Utah, you know what I mean? And so that kills it, that hurts it, mm-hmm. that hurts the conversation because people think, like you said, that humans are incapable of being like this when you keep seeing it over and over and over again. And and who would have thought Minneapolis, Minnesota? Anybody? Anybody thinking? Like nobody would have thought that. I wouldn't have thought that based on what I know about the city. I don't think you know what I'm saying. And then to your point about empathy for people who are afraid to lose things. Um, and I was at, in in my conversation with, with a guy last week who's a very close friend of mine. Um, when he asked me, and I didn't, I didn't give him something super hard to do necessarily, right? I was just like, hey, what do you think is right? He's like, I think this is right. I said, well, say something. And his response was, well, it's hard. And I was like, well, I know. So is being black. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, what are you talking about? Like, so is being a black male in rural rural Utah that I experienced in 2018. That I mean, I was going to ask you about that. Is yeah. this Tabiona we're talking about? Well, I wasn't going to name any names or anything oh, like that. Names of names. Since we're since we're here, but but like if you're if like I I I empathize with having to do the hard thing, but only to a certain extent. It's like do something hard. Rosa Parks did something hard. Martin Luther King did something hard and he was assassinated. Like you look at, I mean, yeah, there are some, there are some, Jesus Christ did it right for 33 and a half years and he was crucified. So even those of us who are of, you know, religious or or have relationship with Christ, like, yeah, it's going to cost us something to do the right thing at the end of the day. That's it's going to cost. And you got to be willing to say, you know what? Is it worth that? Or maybe I got to position myself to have something of my own so that when I do speak up and somebody decides they're going to take something of mine, mm. that I got something to fall back on. Because that's what we've had to do. Like if so, I was, So ahead. what is that hard thing? Like you said you asked your friend to do something that well, he was hard me, but not you, that hard. Right? Yeah. But. So so they are they have a platform, a, a, a solid platform, and um, and they have friends that think differently than they do. Mm. And so the hard thing was to publicly say something because that's what they want to do. That's that's why they met with me in the first place because they want to publicly say something. How do I do that? Well, I don't really have a sweet formula for you that's going to make it all pretty for you. You just got to do it, right? You got to say it. And then it's, well, I'm afraid what 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 I'll lose. I said, I get it. But 
that's where you that's where the tough thing comes. That's where the hard decision comes. That's what people are facing today. I'm not asking you to go march or go down to the you know to the rally or I'm not asking you to do any of those things. You're telling me you want to and right now not picking a side is picking a side. Yeah. You know, it, it's so true. You're you're very right. And that's something that it's funny. I always just look at like social media as I don't want people to think I'm just doing this to be just for social media. And I think that's where, because honest, obviously I'm talking about it right here. Yeah. Obviously I don't, it doesn't, like I want to talk about it. I want to take a stand. Yeah. But I, and I do need to understand, like I've learned a whole lot already on especially how I look, perceive things and what, what I can do to help and that it does matter. It does matter like a post because that's the whole thing, right? I want to help my black brothers and friends out. And here I am thinking that it's going to be lame if I just post something on social media. Like, what's that going to do? But it looks, it sounds like it would mean a lot, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, people, people expect to hear our voices. They expect for us to say something. Huh. And we've been saying, like I said, forever. But to hear it from you to hear it from somebody that is white that doesn't look like us that's not from where most black people are from that don't share our experiences but can empathize to hear it from you guys that's what's going to bring that's what's bringing the change mm -hmm. there's change that's happening and it needs to keep going but it's not going to keep pushing forward if it's just our voices it needs and to be the voices of our friends and it's creating this is another thing that i think it'll you know if we really do this right We'll get back to where we weren't so where we're not so sensitive anymore. Yeah. We'll get back to the we point where, to. where we can look each other in the eye and say the things that we need to say without feeling like I'm going to offend or I'm going to do this or that. Like what it's really going to do, I feel like, is not just create cross cultural, cross ethnic conversations. It's going to create conversations amongst white people who view life a little bit different than each other and didn't know it because we can just always be white and, and, and that's, right. you know what I mean? So For now, sure. now your friends are calling you, Hey man, I saw, I saw your post. I thought, or tell me more about that. Tell me, tell me how you came to that conclusion. Tell me how you came to the courage of, of saying something out loud. Mm. And you can say, Hey man, look, had, I had a few conversations. I was intentional about it. And let's talk about how we were both raised and, and where, where it went wrong and where it went sideways. And, and what have we done to indirectly teach that, you know, the world is a certain way. And this is, you know what I mean? Like, I loved it. Tell I, me how you got to that. Conclusion. Tell me how you got there. Like, Everyone's thought it through, right? But yeah. we don't let people talk about that. That's we right. just look at what they've done and make an assumption on how they got there. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing for me that's been disappointing in me as a person is like I said, I've tried to live my life the best that I can. Right. And one thing that's been hard for me to swallow, if I'm being honest, is systemic racism. Mm. You thought you had it right at the beginning. Like if every, every white person is racist, right? You said that. Mm -hmm. And at first it was like, no, I'm not. Let's go. You know what? Like you should have said that. That would have been fun. My, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the walls come up and I'm yeah. like, no, I'm not. The system is not, you know, but it's like, that is, and I, and this is me being defensive. That is white privilege. I hate the term. Mm -hmm. And that's, it, I think it's okay for me to say, I hate the term, but I can understand it now mm. because it's my choice to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. It is not your choice to have this conversation. To your point, I can choose 
whether or not I'm going to have it. I can choose if I'm going to get involved. I can choose if I'm going to say anything because if I don't, nothing really happens. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It, you can choose that and it not change your reality. Correct. Your reality stays the same. Correct. If you don't want to talk to your ocean town, it's no skin off your back. Yep. But if we don't have this conversation, if you don't open that up to us. Well, you live it. Yeah, then we can't. Yeah. Right? Like that, that's been the hardest thing for me. And like with Lena, our niece coming in, hearing her say that, like I asked her what her first response was when everything happened. And she's like, I was scared. Yeah. Am like, I going to be next is what she said. That is terrifying. And it's, it's embarrassing that I never thought about it, but how grateful I am that I have thought about it now. And I am willing to have these types of conversations. Right. And to be able to talk about the fact that, yeah, we are at an advantage because of the color of our skin. I've never once had to worry about being pulled over for not doing something wrong, right? I never have. And like, I asked her this, I kind of want to talk about, I don't know if this is the right time, but like my, my background, like sports has been awesome for me. I played basketball, you know what I mean? So obviously I'm going to play against a lot of black guys because that's part of the sport, right? And I remember the first all-star game I went to, it was in the Midwest somewhere, you know, and it was a whole bunch of black guys and I'm just this white kid from Utah. And at first it was really intimidating. I'm like, oh, these guys must be really good. Like, look at them, right? But for me, what was awesome is like, we beat them. It's like, I got these guys. Like, they are no different. They look different than me, you know, but it's like, for me, that was awesome because it put me on equal ground, you know, I was no longer scared or nervous. It was like, do you know what? I'm better than them. Not from a superiority, mm-hmm. but from a skill point in basketball. I was like, I can take mm-hmm. these guys, mm-hmm. you know? And then we did. I did the summer sales things for five years. I did it in Chicago and Detroit and Newark, New Jersey and Gary, Indiana. And one of my favorite things to do is to go to the neighborhoods when they were playing who and to show up and start challenging guys to play ball. Yeah. It was so much fun, you know, but it was like, I was able to view things differently mm-hmm. where I'm going with this. I don't know where I'm going with that, but that's kind of, you're saying so much and I, and I love it I because love it. that's something that, I mean, when your son, your children come up and they start playing and they're playing against people of different backgrounds. Hey, they're just basketball players. Just like you, that's something that you can teach them and strength that they can get from yeah. that. You know, for me, I mean, Tim was an athletic director before me and I called him before I even applied to be an athletic director because what other, african-american athletic directors are there in this state and that's a that's a pretty sweet opportunity but i was just like man i don't know if i could i could do at it. a very I see white him school. doing it. i see him doing it and i'm like man that like encourages me like to see him doing it and he talked to me no man you'd be great you can do it you know i'm just like why did i think i wouldn't be good enough what a why, why in my mind was i like i couldn't be an athletic director you know but to see my brother do it and then tell me yeah you deserve that job go get it you're gonna kill it you know, I mean, whoa, it's just like how you felt like I could take these guys. I'm just as good as these guys. And that gave me that ability. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen with all the black community. Systemic racism. Like, I mean, 400 years of being told that you are nothing. You're less than a human. And then another 50 years of laws saying that you can't do this. You can't eat here. You can't drink. Those the things it's trickling. It trickles down. We're making moves. We're making moves and we're getting better. But there's still a, a result uh, of what what our history has been here in America, you know. 
Love you, Tim. <laughs> Love you, man. Now, I, I, it, it really, honestly, it humbles me to hear you say that, but it also makes me sad at the same time yeah. that um, we have to we have to pump ourselves up. Yeah, overcome that doubt. In order to feel like we can right. do it. You know, like, yeah. My, I remember my mom, my mom, man, and she's amazing. My parents are amazing. But she was always telling us, no matter where you go, you're just as good as whoever you, you know what I'm saying? Like, but like, it's possible, and I'm not, it's, maybe it's a stretch. You, Your mom probably didn't feel like she needed to tell you that. Maybe when you was going to play against all the black kids in basketball. But other than that, like just to approach the world, it's, it, 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 that's not the common theme that I feel like happens all the way around. Like we, our parents have to push us to tell us right. that, hey, you can be great. You're just as good as everybody else. Why? Because systematically we've been taught that we're not. And I think that's something that we have to admit exists. Yeah. Like that is something that I think is buried. We bury our hands in the sand and we say, oh, that doesn't exist because there is no rate. There's, there's no slavery today. <laughs> right that doesn't exist today like yeah. the tim, the like, like, like tim you weren't yeah. a slave so how are you going to talk yeah. about all this stuff yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and going back like i read something that talked about taking like being guilty or being responsible mm-hmm. and it was interesting for me because it was like i'm not i am not guilty of the things that my ancestors did mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with me mm-hmm but I need to take responsibility for what happened and help change that. Yeah. What do you I, mean take responsibility? I have to own that our system Acknowledge is racist. It. I have to admit that there is an advantage. I have an advantage 100%. over Tim and Yehosh. I have to admit yeah. that. And then being and, intentional about And it's it's hard, honest, it's hard to admit that because it makes me feel dirty. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like, oh, I did something wrong but I don't have to like, I, I can admit that there's a problem without feeling guilty of it. Right. No. And then I have to do something about it to try and, and make it, make a change to do something different. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. No, for sure. And I'm actually glad that, that he asked the question, asked you the question. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? You know what I mean? Because I think it's important to communicate and what you're not, what you, what you're you're not guilty of anything. <laughs> you didn't do anything to me, you know. And I, and for a long time, honestly, that was my stance because I've overcome so much that overcoming is actually just a just a way of life. You know what I mean? Like the way you approach your everyday life, like that's overcoming. I don't even think about it. It's just a natural thing because I overcome, right? But at the end of the day, there's a men, there's a mentality that that your host was talking about that. And so we're not necessarily slaves, but that slave mentality has been passed down. So you're right. that's the part that you're responsible for. You're sure you're responsible to make help me be a little bit mentally, a little bit more mentally well. You know what I mean? Um, to create atmospheres like this and opportunities and yeah. opportunities that say, "Hey, nah, dude, nah, you're just as good." Well, then I read something else from a good friend. You know, Rajiv Patel. Yeah. Did you read his post on Facebook? Uh-uh. So we talked about equality and equity. That, that's how he that's how he framed it mm. and he talked about it, it was a picture i'll show you the picture of it mm-hmm. i've seen that one yeah. um you know rajiv no but i've seen that picture he's I know he's so, he's so that one right there buddies. Okay. so we talked about equality as we're gonna give everyone so the picture is three guys watching a baseball game yeah 
different different heights, tall, medium, and small, Whoa, right? That over a fence. Watching it over a fence. And equality was everyone got the same box, but wow. they had the exact same problem because the tallest could see, the middle could barely, and the smallest couldn't. Wow. Equity was wow. give two boxes to the smaller one so he could see. The taller one doesn't need a box because he doesn't need to. He can already see and give the, you know what I mean? Yeah. That struck wow. me because going back to, it's not necessarily we're falling for equality. It's it's equity. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys have talked about it so much. Yeah. And going back to the way I the way I try to learn and is the only way I know how to learn is to put it in terms that I have either experienced or I can relate with, right? And it's not fair to talk about how I can relate to racism. I can't. I never will be able to. And I read something says so like someone who's been to war. I can't relate to being in combat. Like I just can't. Mm-hmm. But what I can relate like this to is if I'm a parent to four kids, we're all parents in this room. Each kid has specific needs, right? And if one child really struggles with reading and one child is fabulous at reading, if I spend the exact same time with them, I am not giving my child who struggles the best chance to get ahead. I have to spend more time with that person. I love it. Right? And this is what's happening in our world today with race. It's, it's not it's not enough to be equal it's let's acknowledge where there is a shortcoming let's acknowledge that there is a difference between my first son and my second son and let's help both succeed and i think we all have this scarcity mindset where it's either or or it's all or nothing and that's the wrong way to look at it like just because i'm helping one person more does not take away from this, just because I love and I spent extra time with my son playing hoop because he likes to hoop does not take away from my love for my daughter because I don't spend time playing basketball with her. Like it is not, it does not all need to be equal. And I think we all fall into this trap of if I do something here, I need to do something here. And that's not what, that's not what this is about. It's not about equal effort. I feel like it's about like achieving a result, right? I don't know. Well, I think a lot of people here in Utah, especially, if you don't grow up in a place like where you grew up, grew up, Tim, yeah. or like where I grew up, yeah. right? It, or work in Chicago, like we did for so many years, you don't realize just how big of a disadvantage it is, right? There's skin color, and that's something that maybe people can compute in their minds, right? But if you don't spend any time and a place like that. Like I think people here only have kind of what they see maybe on TV or maybe pop culture. They don't realize like that picture is, oh, it's incredible. Like it, such, a, simple such a great way to look at it because I'm sorry if you were born in Southside Chicago, you deserve a lot more help than I do mm-hmm. a lot more help. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about making the playing field even right. Like you have the same access to grants that I do. Like and we that, all have the same access. But no, I don't have the know-how. That's not true. A, but yeah. but yes. that's 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 the response though. Yeah, you, you don't can do have it just like help. I can do it. And that's not true. It, it, it's not. Right. <laughs> they don't have the funding. Yeah, they don't have the support. Yeah, and that like that's always something that I've kind of thought of is, you know, I I love that talk by one of our church leaders, Director Lift Where You Stand. Right. Oh, it's so good. But I also feel like. 
I kind of want to go back to Chicago and help there because Chicago is good to me. Like I worked hard there and I had a great job and I love that place. Like I love the people there and I may not live there, but what can I do to help there? So I think people here need to hear this because, and I'm guilty of it too in the sense that I think it like when you were telling the story about playing ball in Vegas, was it Vegas Uh, or Midwest? Like you said earlier, like we're just all like, we just treat treat people with respect. Like we're all human beings. Like if I show up to play basketball with a bunch of black dudes, like I wouldn't even think about it. Like what? There's just people here, but I grew up somewhere different. Like, so that that is something that needs to be overcome and i think in utah that's where this conversation can be really helpful because to hear i feel like people here are just getting the narrative right of whatever they're listening to Mm -hmm. and most of it unfortunately is mainstream media they don't get to hear from like real people real struggles Mm -hmm. and they're here at home and to hear like to hear some of the things that you've said really opens our eyes to how much more we have to do. And it's not, it's, I think a lot of people justify how they're feeling or what they're doing by the equality thing, that picture that you just showed us. Like, look, they've got the same advantages that are not advantages. They have the same opportunities that we do. Cause look, everyone has the same box. It's the same height, but wow. I, I've never thought of it. And that, like, we are visual learners. Like, that was a powerful thing. Because you talk, Yahosh, you talking about going out on a walk. Yahosh. Mm-hmm. Yahosh. Like, one of the happiest, <laughs> nicest, friendliest freaking people I've ever met in my life. And one I, of them. I, I yeah. I'll give you a hug if you were walking. <laughs> <in the room>. <laughs> <laughs> and the most popular black guy in Utah. Stop. Stop. Holy moly. No, but for real. Hold on. Let, that's a joke. But a very recognizable person. Absolutely. That is still nervous. Thousand percent. That still Crazy. has to think about it. Thousand percent. Like you joked about it, but like the fact that of anyone, if you host, if you really thought about that, that it does, it makes me sick. It really does. And it's like, yeah, like, well, I don't know, but it comes back to something that as we talked about this, like the parable of the talents, right? Some are given more and they have to do more with them. Yeah. Right? They have more responsibility. And so where much is given, more is required. And I think that's that's the weight that I have been feeling. That's why I feel like this is a great step is to have like a conversation and to be able to open this up oh. in this kind of format, right? Mm-hmm. I feel the same way, interestingly enough, because I know why you're saying you have more more given, more required, right? It's, I feel the same exact way. Like I was given a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even in even as being a black guy, right? So For sure. The requirement for me from Compton. From okay. Compton, right? The requirement for me is gonna be different than the person who's still kind of stuck like in inner city LA or inner city anywhere or having a, a bad economic situation. Like because their speaking out is gonna sound different than my speaking out. We're we're both speaking out. But I've been given much more. I've been connected in other spaces where now like I can't not I can't I can't become a part of the culture that accepted me and not say anything for the people that look like me, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In order to advance them as well. Yeah. Cause that's that's another issue that I feel like, you know, again in in a That's in, a heavy burden, man. 
It is. It, you know what? And it's, I, it's I'm, a burden. I, it's a privilege. It's a privilege, You're, right? Yeah. And and it is a burden. It's yeah. absolute, and it's absolutely heavy. But it is absolutely a privilege. And I believe more than anything, even back to what we're saying before, like I'm learning the things that I was born for. Like I'm continually mm. learning why I was. I thought when I was young, I was sure I was born to hoop. Yeah, that's and I did it good. I, I did it very well. But then I learned, oh, I'm, I was born to be a music, a music guy. And it's like, well, no, you were given all of these things in, in order to open up a platform to be to do what you really been born for. And that is to help humanity progress right and, and, and everything had its stage everything had its time absolutely. right absolutely like there, and, and, there was a time and, yeah. to hoop there was a time to and do i this. couldn't suck at hoop mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i couldn't suck at being a basketball player if i wanted to get if i wanted to be a good musician because being a good basketball player brought me to utah and if i was in la i would not be a musician because i'm turned off by la musicians so now i'm in a space where you know i, I now i want to be a good musician because i just being a just being a token black guy who can kind of do things well in utah that gets you to a certain point so now i want to excel at that so that my platform grows and the message that i have reaches more people you know so for me like i have the same response i feel like the back to that more known or more given more required or more you know what i'm saying yeah so we bear the burden and but god knows that i'm capable of carrying that with his help mm-hmm. right he he doesn't with give me that, that without Without him helping me carry well, it. What's the scripture in Corinthians, right? He'll never give you more than you're able to handle. You know what I mean? Like we've been given these opportunities and we we'll, can find strength in doing it, right? Yeah. I mean, something. Well, I, you helped your host too, which yeah. I think that's a really cool. I, I when I hear stuff props, like that, it, it it it's really hard not to be emotional about that it's because a, you don't really know thing. because people don't really people don't also don't tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? You, you like guys, especially guys. Guys not about to tell you, hey man, you, you were the, you were one of the guys that really made me believe I can do it. Do you know what that can mean for somebody's life? Oh man, like, gratitude is such yeah. a big deal. Like, sh- and sharing that, yeah. like that. Just the fact that he would say that for it, yeah. it really, it means a lot, man. Yeah, it mean, I mean, mean a lot to me. I mean, it means a lot. Thank you. I really do. It's a moment right there, and I'm not being funny like that. That. That's just teaching us how to be a good to me that is bigger than even race, right? Like we do need to share with each other. Like we do need to be grateful and tell people how we feel and tell people yeah. you know, it's funny so I'm pretty open about marriage counseling. Like we we went this morning and he was talking about how happiness is actually false, like it's not real. Like you can't quantify it. He was talking about the psychologist and it's more about like well being. And some of the things you can do to increase your well-being and gratitude was number one, like a gratitude journal. Like you write three things every day, but you write the story behind it. Like, why are you grateful? What made you think of it today? And then it also said, pick a person, what do you say? Once a month and write a 300 word, three to 500 word letter Mm. to that person on why you're grateful for them. But you go read it to him. Ooh. Wow! Right? Like even out all this guy's secrets, man. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, how good did that make you feel when Yo, he shared that? Right? I, yeah. And I mean, Absolutely. how good? I'm I'm sure that feels good too to be able to say thank you, mm-hmm. and that yeah. man. That, I I see life differently in that regard. Um, I, a few years back, my brother had to bury his 13 year old son. He was killed in a car accident, and um. I remember, and it was just months before it happened, 
we were at church and he was super talented, dance, sing, just gifted, but had some self-worth issues. Um, and I remember sitting on the stairs with him because, you know, one of the responsible adults kind of led me on to believe that he was struggling with some stuff. And we talked and it was amazing to hear his perspective of what he thought people thought about him. And then in his death, we had a concert on Friday that was standing room only like all these people who were impacted by his life and who loved him dearly. Right. Saturday we have his, his, his celebration of life. Same deal. I, I mean, his, his services together, probably a few thousand people. 13 years old, 13 years old. Wow. And he never knew what these people thought about him. And it like, it pissed me off to be honest with you. And every opportunity I get to share with kids, especially dudes, because we got like this strong thing where we don't say anything to each other. We don't really build each other up, right? Like that's, that's the thing that I'm reminded about the most when it comes to gratitude. Like tell people how you feel while they are here because you have no idea what they really think that you think about them. I told my family, I don't want a funeral. You better tell me now. <laughs> don't I don't want no speaker. I don't want no talks. I don't want none of that. Don't give it to either give it to me now or shut up. That's kind of where I'm you know what I mean? Like, I know that's probably like too much, but to me, like I feel like we need to know these things. <laughs> we gotta know. So anyway, I you guys keep talking and you keep bringing things up in my in my head. So I love how you think. Like I I, I feel like we think a lot alike and I told you in that good. regard. Yeah, it was our spark, man. I, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it, <laughs> but but you're right. Like, why wait? Yeah. Like, why are we waiting? Like, if you feel something, share it. Yeah. And and man, where you guys you guys have such a cool opportunity working with younger kids, right? To share that. Not to mention, like, how much can you help white people understand how to help and how to support and have somebody to look up to? personally connected not just an athlete not just a, you know but a real friend because like you said Yahosh, like the shows you watch like the people you interact with go like seek those relationships out find a connection so your burden both your burdens are heavy in that regard like you do have a real special opportunity to kind of bridge that gap like and we need to help more, obviously. I know I need to do more, especially with what I've learned today. But I don't know that I'll ever be able to do as much as you two have the opportunity to do here. And I don't think we'll ever be able to do as much as you two well, have the opportunity to do in, in your community, too. Well, I appreciate that. I just, I I feel blessed to have some really cool connection. I mean, you're one of them, Yahosh. I've known you a while. like, But again, I've never really thought of it as, you're Yahosh, right? But- to hear you say like that you're looking like I want to see my friends speaking up like that's even if it's little yeah right by like small and simple things, cares? things brought to pass I guess me worrying about it just looking fake and for social media like like you said who gives a damn like it's it's something and and I and I need to speak up you know like this right here this is great. Like this is this is this was Andrew's idea. I am mad that you thought that I might not want to do it. 
He said that. I, I, was, can, I was nervous about. I can understand why he wouldn't want to do it for the same reasons you talked about <laughs> well, earlier. But nobody but, wants their business shut well, down. And that's the thing. Like I wouldn't have thought. I'm not get your meals while you can. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, barbecue doesn't exist without my black family, right? So that would be pretty hypocritical of me to worry about that. But, but, and maybe that's what you meant by it was just you know. It the business side. Well, of it's just things, something like I felt the call to it, but I'm not going to force that on anyone else, right? For like, sure. Like, and I, that, like I felt the call that this was an opportunity, dude. And that's what this is all know, about. That, I, was, that right? I wanted to take. We want to lift. Like that's why we talk to people that have had that have, I mean, died multiple times with drugs. Like we want to talk about hard things because I feel like a lot of people do bury their heads in the sand. Mm-hmm. But it's also important for us to know what more we can do because. I think here, maybe it is burying their heads in the sand, but I also think that people just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to help yep. because maybe they don't have a friend. Yep. yep. Maybe they don't have a connection with somebody from a different race and not by any fault or, or intent. Yeah. They just live in Tabiona, Utah, hmm. which we should talk about that. But, <laughs> oh man, I couldn't believe it. Anyway, but I mean, I think it's important to empathize there. I think that it can be easy to just say like they're just ignorant and maybe it's that and maybe that, like what you guys just said that we can help a lot. That is definitely where we can help a lot. Well, I mean, if they'll listen, you know, they will listen to us maybe easier than they'll listen to you if they don't know you or they'll be, they'll, they'll be comfortable telling you rather than listening. They'll that's, be comfortable. That's talking. also a very yeah. good point. Most people, most people don't know when they say they don't know what to do. They mean they don't know what to say to us. Or concerning us, they have figured out what this. You like, you guys have figured out what to say amongst each other, right. you know. And now it's a safe place to have those conversations. But yeah, I the ignorance thing is that's an interesting thing too with the whole, um, the whole youth the the place you keep mentioning that I right. haven't said one time. Um, <laughs> I'm going on record. I, <laughs> I have some media training. <laughs> Hey, but see, that's the same thing, right? Like you're you're scared to lose something or get oh, in trouble. Nah. For, no, no, I'm mean? not. No, 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 heck, no. What is it different. then? Getting... I'm just I'm just being a good dude right now. I'm being oh, a very okay. cynical and sarcastic good dude. I can absolutely say. <laughs> okay, good. I can actually get into real like, names. And like, that I'm, was so helpful huh? for you to come out and the voice. Hey, this is what happened. This isn't right for, sure. for you to stand. I mean, that helped so many people and yeah. to be aware of. Whoa, this is still happening. In my state, right, and, and and because of that experience, it's it, you've made it better for other athletes. Can we talk about it? Yeah, let's go. I mean, I've had experiences when I. I mean, I'm sure you've had experience when you I were think, even a player. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. we do need to. Before we're done, I do want like I think it's important for people to hear what what's happening. A black man deals with in Utah. Yeah, like what they hear, what they see, like everyday thing, like the, your story about walking in your neighborhood, Yehosh. Like I don't think people realize like. You have never had to think about walking in your neighborhood if you're a white dude. I've never like, once thought and, about that when I go for a walk. And that's, that's we need to hear that. Like that's well, and I love my stuff. neighborhood. And I love the people right. in it, but I don't know everybody in my neighborhood. Yeah, I don't right. know everybody. Well, and I mean, just with Lano, where they're talking about it, like sixteen year old girl getting, you know, all sorts of racial racial slurs being thrown at her all the time, and we have another aunt and uncle. They have a couple of black girls that are playing soccer against Alta, right? And they had parents and fans screaming the N-word at these little girls playing soccer and no one did anything. You have cops up there in the stands and you have all of these parents 
And that right there is the problem. Like, as hard as it is, I feel like, well, you had said it, Martin Luther King's quote, it's not the actual act. The act is terrible and horrible, but I feel like the biggest travesty is that no one else stood up to say anything. Mm-hmm. No one stood up and said, that's not okay. Or knock that cop off of George Floyd. You know what I mean? Like, like that was the other that was the other hard part of that video for me was just seeing other cops just standing there. Mm-hmm. Like to me they're just as guilty. Like we do need to speak up. We do need to oof. anyway. Tab sorry. Tabiona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great like, segue. It, it, sorry, you're right. Like, <laughs> so good. But it, <laughs> I'll go off on all sorts of tangents. I, I need to stop, but it's okay. It's so you were the coach. Yeah. So what happened? Um you your coach of the basketball team. You want me to speak as like like you're ignorant? And Do you, you don't want know? me to tell the story? I mean, we can tell it together okay. since we have <laughs> since we developed the spark. We do have a spark. Have I a think spark. It's, it's bigger than a spark now. We can but, tell it together. But no. So what I read was there was was it one fan repeatedly was so, the same guy each time. So I'll I'll start us. So okay. we had a game at our place. It was a home game for us. And where is your school? Our school is in Cottonwood Heights. Okay. Right. So we had a home game, and Tabiona was um, – I said the name, you see. Um, <laughs> was um, They were visiting our place, and they were a rival, right? So it was a rivalry game. Um, I'm thankful that in the past couple of years we've, able to, we've been able to build some culture at our school where now we, we got some people that are coming to games. What does so the diversity to, look like at your school? Well, I mean, div- the diversity is still low. Okay. I'm more so talking about culture, not even diversity. Got it. Right? So – um, our sport, our sports culture, because sometimes people have a tough time marrying being a Jesus follower and a and a great fan. Like you can't cheer if you love Jesus. This is the weirdest thing. <laughs> um, but no, in our school, we so we had student section, which right. we've never had before. This game, I mean, it's packed. It's right on our gym. It's small, so it's loud. And it's all these things, right? Um, and we had dealt with something kind of in the, the the year before with the same school, but not necessarily directly with the school. It was more like a referee thing. So that's harder to. Right, because a referee's not going to come out and call you the N word, but they're going to treat you and, and whistle you like you are. Right, mm-hmm. that's a whole other story. So we didn't even we didn't even talk about it. This particular game, um, it was pretty heated and um, and you know back and forth, whatever, loud. Well, the the two gentlemen who were with Tabiona because the gym was so small, they ended up standing in our student section, which I'm not exactly sure how a 70 year old man and a and a what we learned to be 40 um, something year old cop who was not dressed in, in cop clothes that night, um, ended up in our student section, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I received a technical foul, and uh, in the in the in as that happened, obviously their fans are cheering, which is normal. I you know, get it. Well, the one guy yells, Blackie, go home. Blackie, go home. He yells that, right? And um, <clears throat> to that, one of the students in our student section, who happened to be the, the, the son of our head of school, turned around and was like, not, not even. Like, you don't do that. You know, we don't talk like that around here. Like, he was very, very 16-year-old. I adopted him as my son after this. Man, what wow. courage for that kid. I mean, yeah. just Stand nuts. up and say yeah. something. Like, that he, is so he, awesome. He will want for nothing that I have. <laughs> he'll he'll always have whatever he wants for me. If I can do it, he can, you know, he's my guy. So he turns around, he tells a guy, and he, you know, the old guy's with somebody else, right, who we later learned was a cop. We didn't learn, we didn't know that then. So he's listening. The cops listen to him yell, Blackie, like, go home, and doesn't say anything, doesn't say a word. Well, I didn't hear it, which which you can imagine why is loud and, and all that. And I'm in the I'm in the game, um, but we lose the game and we with the you know we're done and but they come in the office after the game and they tell me hey this happened this guy was yelling this and you know I feel like we need to address it and I was like wow like 
I was sad. I was a lot of things, but I was like, okay, now I'm an athletic director. So let me make a phone call. So I made a phone call to the to their principal and who was also also their athletic director, who up until this point we had a great relationship. And he's been very genuine, seemingly, um, all of these different things. And I said, Hey man, we're coming to you guys in like three weeks. So if this guy can yell Blackie go home in our gym, yeah. I can't imagine what he could say at your place. Tim, I I'm really sorry, my friend. And and in the meantime, like there was there was something that came out that said I'd like there was a death threat that I made to one of the like one of their players or whatever. So that was like, and he kind of like snuck that in like, yeah, well we heard that you actually did. And I was like, yeah, Tim, I know you wouldn't say, I, yeah, I, bro, come on. Let's, let's not like, let's not, let's not try to water this down or like, right. like play the blame game. No. So he said, Hey, I assure you, we're going to take care of it. We're going to make sure that everything is good. We're going to make sure you're safe. So we are the day before the game. So I called him again. I said, Hey, we're coming to you guys tomorrow. How's everything looking? It's going to be great. Yada, yada, yada. Great. Called him the day of because there's a snowstorm. And I'm like, hey, Darren, look. Uh oh, I said his name. Uh, hey, look, we're coming. Everything's good. Do you think it how's the weather down there? Whatever. Weather's fine. If it if if anything happens, we'll 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 get a hotel for you guys in town. If in if anything. I mean, he was really looking to, you know, look out. We get there and uh and that's when things change. My JV coach doesn't come to the game, so I ended up coaching uh the JV game. Quiet. Right, it's a JV game in one A basketball. Right? right, just everybody's mom might be there. <laughs> so in this gym, he's I'm I'm hearing this yelling, yelling. Now I have not ever I I've never seen this man. Right, so I don't even know who I'm looking for, any of that. But I didn't even think about it because my friend told me that we were taken care of. It'd be like your host telling me, "Hey, you can come up to American Heritage and we're good." Cool. I took it as face value. Guys clapping, yelling, just dead ball, just ah, to the point where I was like, "God, where is that coming from?" So directly across from me is this guy. He gets my attention. He stops clapping. I looked at him. He was like, you're an asshole. And I was like, huh? Whoa. What? I, nothing happened. We're sitting here. It's a JV game. We're just hanging. I'm not even hardly coaching. Sorry to my guys, but <laughs> I'm really not doing much. I'm not really thinking about this game, you know? Right. So then I, I'm looking at him, and it dawned on me, oh, this, this guy has oxygen. He's connected to oxygen, which was the description they gave me of the guy who said what he said at our place. I was like, same guy. I stand up, immediately stand up, turn. I know they, their athletic director's at the scores table. I look, I say, hey, Darren, need to talk as soon as possible. Let's get this. So I go and talk to him and tell him exactly what happens. He goes and have a conversation with the guy. Now, I don't find out this conversation later, but anyway, the conversation basically went, Darren approaches the guy. The guy says to him, we have all these issues going on in our city and at our school, and the only thing you can think of is making friends with a darkie. So what he, that's what was his, that was his response to Darren. This is again, I found this out at the trial. So this is months later I found this stuff out. But I'm giving it to you in the order that it happened in that right. place. We go out in the hallway, Darren, two two police officers, uh, my head of school who came out just fuming, and then myself. And they were like, the first thing they asked me, hey, Tim, do you still want to play the game? I said, absolutely. We came down here. We're not quitting. We're not walking away. You guys are going to do what you said you're going to do. All we're asking is for you to get this guy from in front of me. I'm coaching. He's directly in front of me across the gym. Can you guys just put him behind your bench so I can't see him? That's all. That's all I ask. Well, you know that if we do that, he's gonna, he's there's gonna be more racial slurs. That was the, that was the response. We can't do this because then if we do it, there's gonna be racial slurs. So then to that, I said in my simple mind, is this guy a racist? I asked that question out loud. Well, no, he's not a racist. He's he's got black guys who work for him, and he's got. I said, well. Well, slaves have masters, so you're not telling me much about this, right? 
and I go to church with them, and there's you know there's there's that whole can of stuff. So I said, finally, I said, okay, can y'all just make sure that it's under control, right? And they said, we'll, we'll make sure that we police it, and the police guys getting all you know, are you guys trying to tell me we got a racist town? He's getting all defensive. I said, I never said that. I just asked if the guy was racist because he called me blackie. I later found out he called me an F and N. So that's what I read. The, yeah, in the quote. So there's that. At our so 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 we have our game. We're at, we're getting close to halftime. I have already received a technical foul. Matter of fact, let's backtrack for just a second. My best player has already received technical foul. He's tall. He's really really good. They're they're screaming all kind of stuff at him, and the refs are just allowing it to happen. Second quarter, end of the quarter, they're holding the ball for the last shot, and you can fit. You can literally see the fans in the video yelling and pointing at our, at our player, trying to taunt him and get him to respond. He's 16 years old. So I'm, I jump up off the bench. I yell. I say, switch, switch. I'm trying to create a switch, make, make sure my guy gets closer to our bench where he can't hear. Well, whatever they said, which I learned later, which was not good, he turned around and he just was like, F you, I'm sick of this, and just like off, went off to the fans. To that, he gets a technical foul and gets thrown out of the game. So I'm pissed. But I don't respond because I'm black, and I know that the response that everybody's looking for is the angry black man who's going to – create a you know so i went i called a time i went over to the ref i said hey here's the deal this this isn't being called fairly and if it continues we have we just we're just, we're just gonna have to leave this is what i said god god is my witness he took out his whistle blew it gave me a t i said it like that didn't yell it I'm, i literally am communicating exactly what happened gave me a t i turned to the scores table and i said this is what i, I repeated to the scores table what i said they couldn't even hear me because i wasn't yelling of course, I got to sit down and all of that. So quarter ends. My best player's kicked out. We're down by four. I'm like, we don't really have a chance to win. I'm really struggling with this. They're cheering because now I've gotten a technical foul. He's gotten a technical foul and ejected. So the fans are just going nuts, right? I have accountability with me at this particular game because I knew that it could go bad. I just knew it. So I have I have I had a couple of guys on my staff that were just there to make sure that I was cool. So when you say you had accountability, you talked to them and said, hey, let's make sure we're... Yeah, like you got me, though. Yeah. Right. Like you have me. Yeah. Because I don't really know how this is going to play out. But if I get to a place where I'm about to, you know what I'm saying, just keep me under control. Which I've never snapped. So nobody even knows what that looks like. Right. Halftime comes. I take a second. My team is crying, real tears, as they're going to the locker room. So they're they're dealing with that. I send a couple people up there. I sit there, try to gather myself, tie on my shoe. I'm hearing the the, the, the chant. I'm hearing the, all of this stuff, you know, because they're they're gonna they're gonna talk to me until I leave. My guy sitting next to me he says, "Hey Tim, don't look up there. Don't look up there. Don't look up there." And I'm like, "He's telling me not to look up there because there's something to see." So I'm trying not to look up there, but I'm you know what I mean. I, what do you do when someone tells you for sure? Do you, do you, you stand up and you look up there. So I looked up there, and of course, there's a couple guys like hands up, calling me out, wanting to, you know what I mean. And you're starting to hear all of these different things being said. And um, for the for that next ten seconds, I can't even tell you what happened. All I know is I was getting carried out of the gym by a couple of guys who did what they're supposed to do. And they took care of me. And well, as I was getting carried out, it was get that N, the F out of here, get that F and N out of here, F and N, F and N, over and over again. So we play the second half, we lose the game. We go to trial, and I learned that at our place, not only did the guy who yelled the Black Eagle home, he also, he didn't know that I had gotten a technical foul. And what he said after I got the technical foul was, 
the effing end deserved it. And he said it to the cop. <laughs> so when I wrap my head around all of these things, I am the next black guy who dies if I am not grabbed and constrained by my own guys because nobody else knows all of the narrative that's happening right. with the F and N and all of this stuff. So now I'm about, I'm in They just see you exploding. They just see me explode and the cop who accepted it as okay will now respond as a cop. And feel justified in response. And feel justified in response. And when and when I say that, when I say that out loud to people and I say it to my family, I say it to my mother, she can't not, and she's heard the story as many times as I can tell it. But she can't stop crying because the reality of the ugliness of racism, it doesn't really set in until it gets close to you. And before that time, I was that easygoing dude. Like like I said, overcoming was just a regular day for me. I get a, I get up and eat cereal and overcome. Like that's what I do. <laughs> but in that moment, I realized that I could have died in front of my 11 year old son who I decided to take to the game with me. And, and, and to the two black children that my head of school adopted who were also there. Like my son was gonna watch me die had I not had somebody there with me because I was in a town that was racist. So when people say that it doesn't exist and you know it's just a skin color thing and you guys are going, you guys are making, the reality is if you have racism and if you have people in power that allow it and you have people like you said in the stands that don't say anything to the guy yelling F and N, like a little bit of personal and, 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 and accountability around you to say, mm -hmm. yo, you shut up. It's not how we, because if that's not really how you get down, then somebody's going to say something. So I'm very, very like careful to believe that that's not a town issue, that that's not a people group issue, that that's just an ice. I'm, it's, it's, I'm not an idiot. This is a real issue that we have. And so, you know, that, that was my experience there. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm forever different because of it. And I was, I'm better than what I was. I'm more forgiving than what I was at that moment. Because in that moment, you couldn't tell me that a 70-year-old white man wasn't racist. You couldn't tell me. Oh. If I look at a guy, I had a, I had a test that I oh, did. The cop, too. Yeah, the cop. I mean, you, you think about, I mean, the guy with the gun. <sighs> yeah. It's going to protect his city from the angry black guy, had I not had anybody there. So this is in Utah. This is to the ex youth that everybody loves, and you know, all of that. And all that stuff goes out the window. Yeah. You know, I had somebody tell me, I don't, I don't understand what they're doing in the NFL. I wish they would just play. They're getting paid millions of dollars, and and why would you take a knee? And why would you not come out of the locker room? And Tim, I, I don't understand that. And I said, well, here's the issue. It's, it's real simple. After they finish the 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 uh, sixty minute football game, and they get showered in their locker rooms and and plush everything, and get through with the media, they go into the parking garage, they get in their car, and they pull out onto the street. They're a black man period that's why they don't come out of the locker room that's why they take a knee up to 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 come against injustice not because they hate the flag that's not that's not not because they hate the country because there's injustice in the world and we're using my platform to 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 peacefully protest you understand what i'm saying so yeah that was my experience and and uh like i said i'm 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 definitely different because of it um I'm like I said, I'm I, I give you I'm back to giving people the benefit of the doubt because I just can't sleep at night without being me. I refuse not to be me. Yeah, you know what I mean. I refuse to let that experience now control the narrative of my mental health. You know what I mean? Like where I'm, I'm where I'm now worried about every little. Th I can't. I don't even live like that. I can't. Right. 
So, sorry. There you go. Jeez. Yeah, I read that as you were walking out, somebody like threw their like you said put their hands up, but I mean I think what you meant was they put their hands up to go. Like they, they to wanted it. to fight. Mm-hmm. And it said that that was the first time you would actually like, okay, like let's go. Ever. And and right. And they then they pulled you out. And, it, yep. and the article at least the one that I read, I forget who wrote it, but it, it definitely it they wrote it the way you told it. Yeah. Which I which I liked because yeah. you never know, right? They really can kind of twist things around. Mm-hmm. But I mean they they mentioned the cop. They mentioned, yeah. you know, how nobody said anything. Yeah. They mentioned everything that you said as far as, you know, the horrible things that they said. And that's the other thing that they forget is like, you're showing kids that. Mm-hmm. You're showing them it's okay to talk like, like that's like crazy. that. Crazy. Well, you should have seen the, the way they're the fan, the kid, the fans kids were responding. They were all about it. They were all. Yeah. They, 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 you know what I'm saying, and that's why they they thought I threatened to kill the kid, <laughs> the other kid right. on the team, because he was being dis- disrespectful to me at our place, and I told I told him I said, hey, <laughs> you, you're not about that life, bro. Like you, that, you, you better chill out. You're not about that life. So his his, you know, his Tabiona, you know, interpretation of that was. Yeah, that you threatened my life. Well, yeah, talk about a shelter like a sheltered place. Like, like what not, are you saying? I mean, it is in the middle of. I've been to Tempe. Have you been I, there? Yeah, I have. You so, just drop in there, so don't I you? Moved, I, moved to, I moved to Utah. I moved to Utah. I moved to Heber when I moved to Utah. So I used to go to, like, our high school competed against, like, Duchesne once oh, in a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Union. And, okay. And, and so oh. that's why. But, I mean, yeah, I don't think – I mean, it, I showed him on Google Maps. It's, like, 12 blocks square. Like, it is – I mean, yeah. it's tiny. And – but obviously, I think that that's where that's where like these conversations are important in Utah because it doesn't matter if it's Tabiona or Spanish Fork, yeah. right? Like we still don't have a lot of diversity, and we still like, there are a lot of people that still don't have their own personal connections and experiences to help them, yeah. like realize what's going on. Like even the kneeling thing, like the cap, like. I, I will, I'll admit, like, I had a problem with that mm-hmm. in the beginning because mm-hmm. it is kind of what you tell yourself if if you're not experiencing it or if you don't have a friend that's, that's experiencing it and reminding you what that's like. Yeah. Like, just hearing how you had to keep it chill in a game. Like, I would, I would lose my, like, and I don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I can yell at a ref. I can call him a bitch. I can do whatever I want. I can, mm-hmm. and not have to worry about getting, like, you were actually thinking about the guy with the gun. That's stuff that we need to hear and understand. Oh. Because I think that are, there are a lot more people than not that will respond the right way. Well, I mean, they just need to understand, they need to learn. Mm-hmm. And, such a good example of the underlying racism right that exists it, it, i think the first step is just acknowledging that it's there mm-hmm. right i mean you have to acknowledge that it's there if you're ever going to do anything about it but i mean there's so many saddening examples of that but so know. many i mean just hearing what do you i mean your host do you have any experiences i mean what oh, you yeah. you already you already <laughs> gave us a great, we could be out <laughs> you gave I mean, us a great I'm example not, about yeah. your own neighborhood 
Well, nothing happened. Well, I, I you understand. Know? It was just, just that the fact yeah. that you had to think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, is there anything else to add? Like experiences in Utah, maybe mm-hmm. recently. I mean, I'm sure you have a lot well, of them. I, I but. mean, I've, I've had some in Utah, outside of Utah, dealing with athletics, dealing in social settings. I mean, right. what what type of experience? Because isn't that sad? Maybe. I mean, isn't that sad? Like, pick well, one. Uh, right. I, <laughs> pick one. Yeah. Which one do you want? Maybe <laughs> something that, that most people in Utah would never think is just happening on a, a regular basis for you here. Oh, right. I, mean, I, I don't feel... I don't feel I'm getting racism every day, you know, right. but from what I've seen and I'm experiencing, I don't feel it every day. Um, but I can tell you, I mean, when I first, I don't know which one I want to share. Um, well, we'll stay with basketball, but I'll go from a, a player standpoint. When I was in Mesa, Arizona, um, we were, we were hosting a team and, I'm not going to shout out names. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, well, you get the playing. privilege of them not knowing who the school is, so nobody can just throw out names. True, true. Well, yeah, I, you know, we were playing. My spark. I had an awesome game. Great game. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. It, was, no. I read, it was right Fun. there. It's I, all. I Googled your name. I'm sorry. And there, that story was there. And I'm like, and I thought that was irrelevant. You know, that's sure. kind of what we're talking about, oh, right? Sure. And so, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can we can beep it if you want, Tim. You're all good. I'm serious. <laughs> okay. Um, playing against this team, uh, ha- having a great game. Um, I am new to the school, um, and I have a girlfriend. You know, this is my first like real girlfriend, and mm-hmm. and she's awesome, and she's rooting for me. That's my baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know. Um, but it, it's a it's a it's a rival team, and um, every time she cheered for me, and they would yell at her and call her names and say you you, you black B and all these things like that. And as I'm playing, and uh, games end, and I'm in the locker room. Right, and she she walks out and she grabs my friend Aaron and was like, Aaron, like they're calling me names. Like, can you just stand with me, you know? And so she she walks out with him, and um, he uh, <laughs> one of the guys out there, you stupid, you know, black beer or whatever. And then Aaron's like, what'd you say, you know? And they start fighting, and then a girl jumps on 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 Aaron's back. My my girlfriend at the time grabs this girl. Girl jumps on her back, so she's fighting two girls. Anyway, um, and I still feel really bad about this because, you know, obviously it breaks down. Cops can't come. She gets suspended from school. She's trying to help protect her friend who was protecting her, and she gets suspended from school. She was called the racial slur. Her friend was attacked. She feared for for her safety. And me, I mean, I feel like I probably could have more pull or something, but I was just like, oh, it's a fight. You know, like, I, I don't know. I just got here, like. I think there are people even in my own community that are scared to step up and say something because of their own safety or standing, you know? Um, so that's an experience. Well, there's um, not a lot of diversity there either. No, no, like no. You, you could pick up Mesa Mountain View High School and you could drop it in Provo, right Utah. Totally right. I mean, Gilbert, there were about Mesa. 25 black kids at that school and right. we all ate lunch together. Right. Like it, it, lunch was segregated. Like right. Latinos over here, blacks over here, you know, it, it is really it's segregated. A pretty, it's a yeah. pretty affluent school. And you know, like I, I, I've had a handful of like experiences that have been vivid, you know, but since these conversations have came up, I've started to remember more and, and, and friends are reaching out to me and saying, Hey, I remember this time, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. I didn't say nothing. I'm sorry. I didn't stick up for you. Wow. I remember my, my first experience is when I, it was a year after I'd moved from Vegas, just moved to, to Utah. I was at a party at my friend's friend's party. And, you know, I was talking to a girl having a good time. And I think she liked me, you know, but there was another girl that I was waiting to get to the party. She got there and I was like, okay, you know, see ya. <laughs> I, started, I started talking to this other girl. The girl that I was talking to goes from group 
group to group start saying things, whispering uh, to these people. And I'm looking and I'm seeing that she's talking, but it didn't matter because the girl that I liked was there. And we were talking. Next thing I know, someone pours a drink on, pours a drink on me, you know, throws a drinks at me, and then they start calling me names. And I have my friends there, and they didn't say anything. I mean, I was the only black kid there at the party. They didn't say anything, and like, I mean, I'll remember that for the rest of my. This is a horrible feeling because I had never experienced racism. You know, coming from Vegas, you know, and then now I'm already I'm the only black kid there. Um, I mean, like it was funny too because well, not funny, but it was like it's interesting. Like twelve years ago, I had a friend message me. He's like, "Hey man, how you doing?" I'm like, "Oh good." You know, get a social media, you reconnect with people. I, I just want to say I'm sorry, man. I, I should have been a better friend to you. And I'm like, and I knew exactly what he was talking about. You know, uh, and I was like, man, like we're good, we're good. You know, and it's just these things are happening. You know, and, and that was a, that was, I I I, remember I shared that that uh, story with my parents last week, and they're like, I never knew that that happened to you. Like my my brothers just didn't know that that happened to me. But then we all started sharing our own experiences, you know, that we hadn't really communicated with each other, you know. But yeah, these things they, they happened, and they're still happening, you know. And and people need to know that it's not okay, and it shouldn't be our normal. You know, you know it's interesting you say that you guys started sharing. It's almost like like what I caught from that was it's just such a normal thing that we don't make a special deal out of it and share it. Like we just it's just normal. Mm. Like that's that's sad. I mean, I it, mean I was 13 years old. Jeez. You know? That just made me think that there are about the instances that my ex, my my family has no idea about. Like my family has no idea yeah. some of the things that if they did know, they'd probably be different and I'm and I we probably need to talk about it, but like when you just said you just sat down with your like I just thought about it. like my parents don't know it all, you know I've had a gun put on me mm-hmm. by a security guard, and like totally not doing it at my own house, Sheesh. you know. So it it threw my windshield at pointed at my head that close, yeah. And it's like like you like he said it's. It's just one of those things that we just like, yo, what happened? Oh, I just got through the day. Wake up tomorrow, try it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like eat that's cereal the, and overcome, as it, you it, say. Yeah, eat cereal, overcome. 14, like, you know, 14 at, years old, I had a gun pulled the, on me at, by a police at officer. 14? 14. Yeah. Me and my friend, it was a little fad in our town where we'd go around and we'd like draw on people's windows and like decorate rooms, mess people's rooms up. And anyway, it was late, kind of, I guess, past curfew for if you're 14 or whatever. And me and my friends, we had went and drawn on, you know, some of our friends' window and we- Not like vandalism, like it's all good. No, like all hearts, fun. like yeah. hearts yeah, 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 yeah. and like, you know, kiss marks and things like that. And so it, we start walking across the lawn and the police car comes up and he got, gets out, gun pointed at me. I'm with like three, like three or four of my friends are with me, but the gun's at me. And he's pointing at me. I'm across the lawn for like two minutes until backup. And he was scared. Like he was just so scared. Get down. Like just, just like I was super scared because I knew he was scared. I'm like, I'm, I'm about to die tonight. Yeah, I'm about to be killed. You know. But I was 14 years old. See, and that's the difference. Like, that's the thought that goes through your head. 15, 14, 15. You know, what I mean, you said the same thing. Like, I remember in high school we were paintball guns in a park. And we got the neighbors called us. So the cops showed up with guns pulled on us because they thought we had like real like rifles, mm-hmm. you know, but like I was never scared. Oh, you know what I mean? Like that. Not what I mean. I had guns pointed at me and I was just like, oh, you're stupid. Like whatever. And you actually had a gun. 
Yeah. I mean, you had a paintball like a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a bar of soap. Yes. <laughs> I, just, I just can't imagine yeah. if I had a paintball gun and the cops put up on me, I, I think that goes different. Yeah, no, for sure it does. You know what I mean? Like, that's the weirdest thing. And you didn't even think, like, even though you have, like, something that looks like a, like a, like a rifle, you didn't at even night? think. Like, you weren't Is even. It night? Bro, that's a wrap. No, I, I they'd, be, they'd be slow song singing at my funeral, just singing that, slow that's song. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's that's where it's, God, it, it, it manifests itself. The racism manifests itself, right? Yeah. Like, even, even in these protests, like, you see some of these guys in these rural white communities come strapped. I mean, they've got ARs and AKs and vests, and they're just like, like, can you imagine if that was a crew of black guys that showed up like that? Like, how that would end? You know what I mean? Like, it just... Mm. It wouldn't go well. Yeah. But do you oh. think that that is all? It's funny because I'm I'm thinking about my time in Southside Chicago. The way they treated police officers there, like I'd be scared to be a cop there. Mm-hmm. Like there was no respect. There were, I mean, it was like, and I mean, I know that it goes both ways, but I think that that's something to important. Like what? It's, is it always, I guess I'm trying to look at it from every angle, you know, like that cop that showed up, like, where does that come from for him? Like you see a black teenager, like soap on a window, like smooches and hearts. I don't know if he saw the the hearts or whatever, but he didn't know what we were doing. Like where, if he's a new cop, maybe he's not, obviously he's not working in a black area. He's in Mesa, right? No, actually that happened in Cedar City. And I love my- Cedar time. City? Cedar, Cedar City. I, <laughs> I have a handful of okay. small town. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, so where does that- Where does the fear come media? From? It's, it's, it, it's like, a lot of- Because that's really fear. the only experience that yeah. dude has probably had with- Media is the roles that black people are allowed to play on TV, you know, to that point. I mean, now we're we're starting to diversify a little bit. Now we're allowed to be we're allowed to be superheroes, which makes a difference. You're right. I wa- yeah. I'm watching a documentary right now. I'm trying to remember his name. What's crazy is I never it, thought of it, but it does. And he talked about idolizing the only heroes he had to idolize from the screen were white people. Mm-hmm. Like he was being the cowboy. Mm-hmm. It was Belafonte. That's the actor. He was just like he was talking about how. I idolized the cowboy when really the cowboy was just doing exactly what we are fighting. Like we're the Indians. Yeah. How come I'm like idolizing a cowboy? Mm-hmm. Like, and so he talked about how that kind of slowly transitioned into finally seeing like Sydney. How do you say? Is it Portier? Portier. Portier. Like playing, Portier. like getting the main role and how much mm-hmm. that meant to him. But but that's the thing. Like I think that there's a lot of people that. They see a black guy and they just are relating it to what they see on TV. Absolutely. Like that's a thug, right? Like that's the other part that needs to change. Because I think that most police officers are good people. Absolutely. Right? Sure. Like they want to do, like I know so many, they're good people. Yeah. But it's also hard. Like they don't get paid a lot and they deal with the scum of the earth mm-hmm. of all shapes and sizes and colors, right? And- can I ask a and question? they're human and they have bias. Absolutely, the, yeah. exactly. And yeah, so, right. so how do we overcome that? Like, how are we? What are we doing to train officers to not have that stereotype? Yeah, because that's wrong. Uh, anyway, what, what was your I have question? A question. Too? And I, and and maybe it's, there's no answer. But but you said you have a lot of police officer friends. Yeah, right? yeah. What would it look like if 
the police officers acknowledged a police officer problem. Well, I think we've seen it with this one. Finally, there's been some right, yeah. But like, and and, and I and I'm here. Like, for instance, I saw this post yesterday. It was it was you know I felt bad as bad as I could feel yesterday, but it was from a police officer's wife. Right, she's she's endured a week, as she called it, a week from hell. Right, right, right. She's endured a week from hell because her her husband, who is missing soccer games to protect and serve, and and she talks, he paints this great picture, which I completely believe about her husband. But you're she's experienced a week of hell, and I'm thinking to myself, like, and it's a bad thought, but it's like, oh, just a week. Like, I get it. Like, imagine what it feels like for your whole life to be a good person, to be a person who has something to offer that's positive to society, but yet there's a narrative being painted either directly or indirectly through news media, through all of these different things. Imagine being that guy. And it's not to say, like I, I have matter of, I have so much respect for people in power who do it who do it the right way. A hundred percent respect. But now it's like it's going to take everybody like just like it takes the white guys to say something about racism. It's going to take the cops to say something about right. police brutality. It's going to take the, you know, the people who are jerks and who know of jerks, you know, who are who know of people who are jerks to cops. It's going to take them to start speaking up. But right now yeah. we have to do the We have to we have to talk about the narrative in the order that it's being presented. So right now we're talking about Black Lives Matter. Right. And once we figure out, OK, Black Lives do matter. Okay, now let's talk about cops, and then let's talk about the next group. Because that, like, we can't like if we keep on trying to fight the narrative with this other side. Is like again, like you said, you have amazing cop friends, and there's amazing like pilots, right? But like, we can't afford to have very many bad ones, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's 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 what Chris Rock, Chris Rock said. No, right? Mm-hmm. You can't, I, it's, it's very true. <laughs> that's just, a great analogy. Like you can't you can't afford to have a bunch of like a couple of bad pilots. Like who? You know, like you can't afford to have one bad. Pie. You I mean, really can't. And, and and you're right. And I think I just think it's so important it. for everybody to empathize. Like, you know, you acknowledging the lady saying it's been, you know, she says it's a week from hell. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of cops' wives, it's probably high stress. Absolutely. A lot more than one week because at any time it could be yep. over. Yep. But it's very important for them to be able to hear, like, okay, well, I felt like that my whole life. Yeah. And and all of a sudden now, there's this like. And once again, I, it's okay, not. Okay, I have your back now. Like, I feel like now I, as the police officer's wife, can empathize with you, black friend. Mm-hmm. Like, I Better. hate this feeling about my husband being out working. So if you felt that way your whole life, like, I got to help. Like, I don't want you to feel this either. Yeah. Sorry. And, um, like, that's what we're missing. Yep. You know, like, this conversation right here is exactly that. Mm-hmm. It's. Everyone has struggles, but you know, I've heard you mention a couple times, like, I'm sorry for your week of hell. Like I'm how old now? 36, 36 years. Right. Like I know hell's a strong thing to say, but I mean, I'm 36. I was a star basketball player in your state. Like I moved here. My whole family moved here. I love it here. I'm in, I work at a high school. I help young men. Young women. I hope young and white. Men. I still have to be worried about walking in my neighborhood at yeah. night because I'm scared somebody might not know who I am and think the wrong thing. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And so we obviously have a long way to go, but we won't get anywhere until we do this. Like yeah. I've learned more today 
and been reminded more of today than I have in 15 years. And I'm, I have a lot of things that I've got to work on. And I love that. I love that your heart is open because it didn't take statistics and proof. And, you know, it's just a conversation and personal experiences. And this is my personal experience and his, and I can only speak for me. He can only speak for him and you. And, but for us to be open and, and that love is there, you know, and that respect, I mean, we can get so much done. Well, and that, and like the connection you and I have, you host, like Mm -hmm. it, it, like to your point earlier about making those connections, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've got two black people that work for me, right? Like, and that does help. So I'm like, no, obviously like, I'll like, I'll I'll hire a good person. I don't care, but that's not enough. It's not enough. Right. And but when I talk to somebody that I like, it's, it's like the platform you were mentioning earlier, Tim, like you have a lot of responsibility now because you do have this platform where you can connect with both sides, Mm -hmm. but them, the reason it's going to connect on both sides is because they know you, Mm -hmm. they love you, right? Mm -hmm. They love that your kid love their kids love you. Mm -hmm. And they now something's going to sink in. Like it sinks in Cause I know, like I know you as the spiritual, incredibly talented, just smile on your face all the time guy. And I'm going to listen to that. He's my friend and he's got a heart like this. And hearing you say the things that you're saying and, and then it goes to, to Tim like you two are obviously close and so now it's the same thing right like I have that connection to you and so I think that is what we need more than anything right now is to be able or be willing like I'm so glad Andrew had the idea to do this because it's how many more people now are going to hear this and say okay I've got to be proactive like I got, it's not just about throwing money at it. Well, love it's, is a verb, uh, right? Yeah. Love is a verb, right? Yeah. It's an action. I can say, I love you, but how do you, right? What Jesus say, feed my sheep, do something about it. Mm-hmm. Go do act. Well, right. And this is going to be way more powerful than what they hear on the news mm-hmm. or whatever other narrative, like, because they know us, they know you. And well, these are things they're not hearing right now. Like it, it, we are in our comfortable little bubbles, right? Mm-hmm. And especially here in Utah. And so it's such a unique opportunity and privilege to be able to have a couple guys like you guys to come in and educate us mm-hmm. and, and, and make us feel safe in talking about it and not worried about like offending you or hurting. Cause I think a lot of people do struggle with that. Yeah. A lot of white people do struggle with that. Like, mm-hmm. they don't want to say the wrong thing. Like, I don't want to offend them. Like, I was telling Lena, like, I was, like, I think people are scared to say black people. I mentioned that earlier. I'm like, mm-hmm. do you care about that? She's like, no, I'm a black person. <laughs> You're a white person, right? Yeah. Like, but I hate that we're in that frame of mind as as a population. Like, we're so scared to offend people. Yeah. And if we are, we won't talk. Anyway, I'm rambling, but. I really appreciate it. You hey, guys. well, thank you thank for you. having us. Was, yeah, you guys took a risk. That. You don't realize it, but it's a risk that you take to talk about things that people don't really want to talk about, but, you know, and taking a chance on us because the results are not always positive. And so we realized that. And, and I mean, I personally wanted, you know, I thank you guys for trusting and believing as good people, like this is something that needs to be, talked about and and whatever that costs you you know i want to encourage you guys that it'll be worth it 
you know what i mean like oh, I for sure it'll it'll be worth it you well know it's nice of you to say that but i don't feel like we i mean calling this a risk would be an insult to well, what you guys have to go through i'm sorry but it but i mean it's still very kind of you to say oh sure and i appreciate I mean, it at the end i the only thing i hope for is i mean going back to what tim said just let's see everyone as people as children of god and let's look for the good. Let's find what we're looking for. So let's change our perspective. And when we see bad things happening, let's look for the good inside of that bad, right? And let's give people the grace to screw up because we're all going to screw up, mm-hmm, right? right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do something and I'm going to ask, just like we did with this, like I asked for grace from you guys that yeah. if I said something wrong or racially insensitive, that you're not going to think differently of me, right? Yeah. And to be able to have that kind of attitude and give that to everyone, right? Like, go about your day looking for that good and the talk lift where you stand. I think it's the most important message we can have. Like the most important work is going to be done in the work in the walls of our own home. Yep. So, so start you there. Yep. Right. Start there. Um, last thing I want to give each of you guys, like what is your parting message? Like let, wrap this up parting message. What, what would it be? For me, I say, uh, be intentional. Be intentional. Do I need to expound upon that in terms of your relationships, in terms of the, the books, the, the, the things that you're reading, you're showing your children, the conversations that you incite amongst people that look like you and the people that don't look, look like you? Be intentional. Make an effort. Don't wait for those opportunities to just to come to you. Oh, love it. Um, my head of school told me this as I was leaving to come here. Um, and he's been funny about reminding me and it's kind of a because he loves the song right so he's like hey tim hold on and i'm like mm. all right you know and i told him i said i hate we even put a song out because i've been tested probably more now since trying to give everybody else hope and trying to tell everybody else the right response i've been tested now to not do any of those things um so i would encourage people in that i, I you know Times are going to slow. I think I think eventually times are going to get better. But that song is really about the meantime. Like it's about what you do in the meantime. You know, don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. Um, you know, like you host it influence where you can, where you are in your home. But in the meantime, like just hold on to hope. Hold on to faith. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, man. All right, guys, we're going to end a little differently. We're going to play the song that Tim and his family created called Hold On. It is awesome, but it's not as cool as their video. So go find it on YouTube. If you just search Hold On or Tim, um, we'll put all the links out there. But I want you guys to check it out. Support it. Support Tim and his family. So here's the song Hold On. What have we come to? Where is the love? We need direction. From God above, just wanna quit. Throw in the towel. What is the use in going the extra mile? Bernie. Yeah, this one is for that lady sitting home alone. Contemplating life if she should live it or be gone. This one is for that boy who think he getting grown. He make his own decisions cause he ran away from home. This one is for that mama crying on the phone. Trying to mend relations cause addiction had her soul. It's a long road to get where we belong. But the journey makes us strong and trouble never lasts too long. It's what we come to. Yeah. 
I've been looking for the love The devil trying to hold me up I got my foot up on his neck while I look to God above I know that in this battle I've already but in won in these times of great despair Look to the one and cash care I know it's hard but just hold on Changes. 